Hello, loyal listeners. It is that time of week again. You know it, you Woo-hoo. love it, you can't wait for it. It is, in fact, Morbin time. Morbin time! Yes. Oh, you got... Nobody's ready for the morbing. <laughs> the morbing can begin. It's time, listeners. And for those weird people among you viewers. And what better place to morb than the Under the Bridge podcast? I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. I'm Asian Duckman, a.k.a. Nick. I am Sigmus, a.k.a. Chase. Yeah, Greg was busy doing stuff with his family. He, yeah, so he they has called a family. Me Ew. So he's been fired for this episode only. And um, what an episode, episode to be only. fired for. <laughs> oh, we got we got so much going on, y'all. We got so many things. We got lots of reviews, lots of trailers, lots of news, lots of gaming shit, lots of talking. Lots of absolute nonsense. Oh, yeah, it's going to be just utter and complete gibberish. Speaking of, it may not be Morbin time anymore, but it is Webbin time, because Celeste O'Connor of Ghostbusters Afterlife has joined the cast of Madam Web. Oh, boy. So The movie that's going to make $10. <laughs> Devil's Advocate, what is Madam Web and why should I care? You shouldn't. <laughs> okay, never mind that. What is her role in the Spider-Verse shit? Because I really like, don't... The psychic overseer of the Spider Verse. She looks over the web of destiny or something. I think I don't it's know. some crazy bullshit that they're doing with Spider Verse. When I read Madam Web, all I could think of was that one stretchy claw lady from early Teen Titans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Madam Rouge. That's no, the one. No, wait, that's not the. That's not the one. Madam Rouge was actually, from late Teen know. Titans. It's, it's been ten years since I watched Teen Titans. Fair enough. But yeah, no, just a just a little thing there. We still don't know who anybody in this movie is playing. <laughs> but I'm still I'm still not even sure this movie is going to be made. I feel like it's got to at this point. They're in too deep. Well, I mean, given the fact that you know Morbin Time did so well, I guess you know it's only surprising that we're getting another one. I guess I think we got to see how Craven in this movie do, and then. Maybe we could be spared the El Muerte film. See, here's the thing. If they're going to keep one of the movies coming up, Hell or High Water, I want it to be El Muerte, just to see what the heck they're going to do with I'm it. I'm sorry, El Muerto. I was mispronounced. El Muerto. Oh, sorry. I, I also failed Spanish. Ah, oh, man. Give us give us wacky, dumb stuff. I've already seen, I've seen the screen test and some of the, 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 the uh, on-set location photos of Craven in his, you know quote-unquote outfit that one new where it shows him in the white collared t-shirt like the white collared shirt with no no shoes on yeah i i'm sorry man i'm not i'm not on board i'm just not i craven is my favorite of the spider-man villains he's my favorite of of his uh rogue gallery and i i just think they're doing a complete disservice it just doesn't look right i guess i'll wait till i see a trailer but i mean i could give two shits about madam web they're really pulling at strings here. Come on, Sony. <laughs> and the nuttiest thing is, there's no reason to be pulling at strings this you've got... early. You've got Spider-Man 2099. You've Hell, got... you got Scarlet Spider before that. <laughs> you've got Spider-Woman. You've got you've got multiple Scarlet Spiders. You got there's Silver ben Sable. Riley, Kane Parker, Silver Sable, Black Cat. What are you <laughs> scraping the bottom of the barrel with Madame Web and El Muerto for? For crying out loud. Can we get a Scorpion movie, please? I would please? love that. You can't even say that it's for diversity because Spider-Man 2099 is Miguel O'Hara. He's at least half Hispanic. You could make it all the way. And I mean, Miles is half Hispanic. Much. Miles is half Puerto Rican, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say they're not doing Miles because they are. It's just in the Spider-Verse movies, so. They're probably going to end up throwing Miles into the mainline movies, but that's just my, you know, because we already have Prowler. So, I mean. We'll see. We'll We'll see see what they do. Yeah. We'll figure it out on the day, just like Sony. Sony, in general, as a company, I don't know where their headspace is at. They're an enigma in in the entertainment field, but let's move on to something. I'll tell you what it is. We like money, but we're very bad at making it, so we're just throwing whatever we can at the wall to see what sticks. Oh, boy. moving on, and speaking of seeing what sticks... Oh, boy. Not to get into this Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial, because that's not the intention of this news. I love this. But we do have confirmation from DC Films chief Walter Hamada that... She was almost booted from the Aquaman sequel, not because of any personal struggles or behavior, but because she lacked chemistry with Jason Momoa. Which, how how do you lack chemistry with Jason Momoa? <laughs> to be fair, Jason Momoa doesn't have a lot of screen presence as Aquaman, I don't think. Fair. I haven't seen I saw movie, Aquaman, so. and I didn't really, I can't really say one way or the other whether or not, like, I, I really didn't. I mean, Mira was in the movie for such a small portion. Like, she, she, well, no, she wasn't. Okay, I guess the fact that I don't remember her more than two scenes makes it. Yeah, I guess you get. I guess I get the point now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hamada said they didn't have a lot of chemistry together. The reality is, it's not uncommon on movies for two leads to not have chemistry, and it's sort of movie magic and editorial. The ability to put performances with the mm-hmm. magic of a great score and how you put the pieces together, you can fabricate that chemistry. Right. At the end of the day, when you watch the movie, it looks like they have great chemistry. No, it doesn't. But I just know that through the course of post-production, it took a lot of effort to get there. Sometimes you just put characters together on the screen and they work. It's like what makes a movie star a movie star. You know it when you see it. The chemistry wasn't there. This one was more difficult because of lack of chemistry between the two. He also confirmed that her role was not reduced from any original plans and said that Aquaman 2 was conceived from the very early stages of development as a buddy comedy between Aquaman and Orm, which, okay, that makes me a little more excited for Aquaman 2, but only a little bit. Aquaman 2 is going to be an absolute, either either everyone's going to go see it to see how much Amber Heard's in it, or nobody's going to see it because of Amber Heard's involvement in it. Honestly, I think it's either... I, I think a lot of it's just going to have to do with the first Aquaman. Like, okay, yeah, it made a billion dollars, but it also wasn't great, and I feel like that's kind of an increasing sentiment as we get farther away from it. And with DC's plans in much more disarray from when it first came out, now it's a case of, well, what's even the point of seeing an Aquaman too? I don't know if the DC Universe even had... Like... But between the controversy with Amber Heard and her name being legitimately, like, you can't go two seconds without hearing about that damn trial, and all the negative press they're getting from Ezra Miller and all, all of their crazy, you know, uh, courtroom insanities, DCEU is not looking good. I mean, the only good thing is the is the thing that we got coming next, you know. There's a couple of, like, upcoming movies that look good. I don't know what's, what The Flash's future is like right now because of all the Ezra Miller's crazy shit uncertain it, it, yeah everything's uncertain i mean talk about a stroke of bad luck <laughs> it, it's pretty bad so far for dc i i feel real bad for them as a company with all their, their terrible casting they're, they're they're could could you mm-hmm. could you call it a death stroke oh oh no 
Well done. This is why I'm here. So I don't know any of this. I just I'm just gonna bring it up because I feel like it's more appropriate here than during the Maverick review. There was that one point where they called him the fastest man alive, and all I could think was, "Fastest person alive, not behind bars." You mean? <laughs> Oof. <laughs> that was a thing that was said in the theater. I remember you saying that. But that clears up that regarding Amber Heard's role in Aquaman two. In other DC news. Thanks to set photos, we got our first look at Zolo Maradueña as Blue Beetle, and that suit is looking clean. It looks crispy. He looks It looks good. very crispy, yeah. I'm curious how much of it is going to have to be CG. Obviously, all of it's going to have to be CGI. This is Jaime, point, right? Like, yeah, Jaime. Back head, yeah. Yeah. But, like, for a practical suit effect, it looks... It looks exactly like I would expect a live-action Blue Beetle to look, and I I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, it looks really good. It's a nice mix between the high tech and the. And like, I mean, I I don't know. I like I like the the shade of blue they used for it. I feel like with the post production, it's going to look really good on screen. I also like that it looks more organic, like chitin, than like nanotechnology. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't or look like, like actual it's technology. It looks the Iron Man shiny. It it looks like it's going to be a living thing and not just, you know, whatever Tony Stark had going on in Endgame. Right. I like that a lot. Honestly, mm-hmm. Blue Beetle, underrated character, heavily slept on. Not so much since Batman Brave and the Bull, which now that I think about it was ages ago, but still, it's like, it's good to see. I mean, that was a lot of people's first exposure to him. Yeah. Can you not Myself argue included. with me in front of Batman? <laughs> yeah. I like I like Jaime, I like Blue Beetle. I'm just waiting for the Blue Beetle Booster Gold team up movie at some point. Mm. That's all I want from mm, life. Yes. But like I don't think it's ever gonna happen, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, they did just cast Booster Gold and Legends of Tomorrow right before it got shit canned, and there's rumors Ted Cord might be in this movie, so we'll Ooh. see. Okay. What do we got next? Next uh, this is also DC-related, <laughs> technically Warner Brothers-related, so I'm going to go to this one. Warner Brothers Discovery is looking at, or examining, rather, their deal with J.J. Abrams' production company, Bad Robot. Currently, his uh, show, Demimond, is potentially up for they might not go forward with it because it's eyeing a budget of over $200 million. <laughs> Holy fuck, okay. Calm down, J.J. And Whoa. There are concerns, and obviously there's mitigating factors here, there are concerns that for as many things as they have going forward courtesy of, or how many things they have planned courtesy of Bad Robot and their deal with Warner Brothers, there's been very little forward momentum on anything. Of additional concern is the fact that Bad Robot has earmarked quite a few DC characters, but nothing's been aired yet. They have seen scripts for Constantine and the pilot for Madam X, but otherwise it sounds like there hasn't been a lot on things there. It should be noted the deal itself is not in any jeopardy at this time. And again, it is hard to say, oh, well, what are you doing? You haven't made anything when the deal was made in 2019. And, (laughs) well, you know what happened after that. So it's really hard to say where this is going to go. But it is unfortunate to see that it sounds like there isn't a lot being done with the Justice League dark stuff. That's a little depressing. Was Weren't they going to do something with Zatanna? That's what I was going to say. I want this Zatanna movie. I don't remember if that was them. Hang on, let me... 
confirmed. That's all I want is a Zatanna movie. I know they're working on a Zatanna movie. I just don't know if it was Bad Robot. Oh, yep. Bad Robot. Uh, yeah, it is Bad Robot. Cool. So yeah, hopefully that still comes yeah. out before they do anything. I really yeah. want them to. Wait, Portal? I really want them to go through. Apparently they're also working on a Portal. Port- Wait, Portal movie? But that's not that's not tied to, that is tied to Warner Brothers, I oh. guess. Portal what? Like uh, Portal. It's just productions, films, TBA, Portal. Hmm. And it is Portal video game. Oh. So Wait, Portal. Okay, that we are on the same page. Okay. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Apparently there was something about it back in 2021. <laughs> I can't okay. see Portal. Uh, Half Life Two, apparently. I, 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 if they if they don't get Doctor Anthony House to be like, come on, you have to get what's his name? Uh, shit. Who's the guy that plays Hugh Laurie? Hugh, Hugh Laurie as as Gordon. I mean, come on, you have to have him. And that was like a fan cast from like 2006. So like, come on, man. Is Hugh Laurie okay? I don't know. I thought he was having some issues. Uh, who isn't these days? Unless I'm unless I'm just remembering his performance from House too well. That being said, you know, um, wow, okay, this is the first time I've ever heard. I don't see Portal working on screen as more than just a short film, but we'll, we'll guess we'll see. Yeah, learn something new every day. I mean, there's plenty of stuff to do inside Aperture Science. They could, they could make it they work. They could. Yeah, they could make like a... Even if it's not just following Chell and GLaDOS, there's, there's some robots or like a plucky turret or something that they could follow around and do some They could focus it on Ratman and the Ratman conspiracies and... Yup. Who's the name of the president? The, the guy who's super awesome. Cave Johnson. Yeah, they could they could do stuff yeah. with him and uh, his his daughter. And, Yo, Cave uh, Johnson series. Oh my god, I would live for that. Do it. Oh my god, it's all about him having to deal with the government trying to yeah trying to limit him. Yeah, just him trying to navigate through keeping Aperture afloat in the '60s, doing tests like having people fight an army of mantis men. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay for this. I'm game. I'm yeah, down. I, I, support I, I support this, this too. Just Give be glad you're not in the control group. Those poor souls got blue paint. Tragic, but informative. <laughs> you could get, oh my god, you could get J.K. Simmons to just play live-action Cave Johnson. Oh, uh, I was, yeah, no, oh. I was, that, that's a perfect casting in my opinion, honestly. Huh. Yes, it is, that would be excellent. Can we make this, please? I'll, I'll, pitch, a, I'll pitch a script later oh on. Oh my god, okay, moving on to... If they unblock my email. Continuing on. on to equally silly news, Sam Jackson is Garfield's dad. This is fantastic news, not because of what we know, but because of what we don't know about right? it. What we do know is that Chris Pratt cast as Garfield in the same movie, so Which, Chris Pratt's like, father is I, Sam I, Jackson. I, like, I, on the one hand, I, I hope that it's in just, like, one flashback where he delivers some sage wisdom and then he's never heard from again the rest of the movie. But on the other hand, you know, it's Sam Jackson. I will not complain if he's in the entire movie. Garfield, what are you doing over there with that lasagna? Get over here, boy! <laughs> I'm curious to see what this movie's going to be rated, because if it's PG-13, it is theoretically possible that we could get Samuel L. Jackson as Garfield's dad dropping <laughs> one F-bomb. We get one. Oh my god, it's about lasagna, too. Will you just quit the fucking lasagna and get on a diet? <laughs> you damn cat! I, everything about this sounds like it's heading for tragedy, and I cannot wait. I just, oh. It cannot be worse than the original movies. I don't know. Uh, I feel like, I don't know. But how's Chris Pratt going to portray Garfield? (laughs) Lazily. That's the only way to portray Garfield. If you're not being lazy about it, you're doing it wrong. Like it's his character in Parks and Rec. It's it's just as um, mm, wait, am I confusing that? I no, think you're not. You're not. Else. You're not. 
he was like the lazy boyfriend that had gotten hurt, and then he kind of just slowly got fit because he was getting cast in uh, Guardians at that point. I'll yep, stop right yep. there. You had me at Meat Tornado. <laughs> what a show. Yeah. Someday I hope to watch it. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> Speaking about something I hope to watch one day. We're getting a Winnie the Pooh slasher movie. <laughs> Which, what a concept. <laughs> so, Praise be to the public domain, I suppose. <laughs> it's called Blood and Honey, and it's going to be, and it's directed, written, and co-produced by Reese Waterfield. So for those who are uninitiated, Winnie the Pooh last year, the copyright expired on it, so it's now, technically, Winnie the Pooh is in the public domain. Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Roo, like, uh... No, Tigger's uh, still not. No, Tigger, Tigger is the only one of the original cast that isn't. Hmm. Every one of the other ones are in the public domain, because, uh, Tigger was introduced in, I think, uh, 1927. So we've still got a couple years till Tigger can come into public domain. But Winnie the Pooh, with the classic red shirt and the, you know, like, all, you know, I'm a rumbly and my tumbly for some honey, that's all public domain now. So, like, they, anybody can do whatever they want with that character now. So, this company is obviously taking that in, to the extreme and doing a horror movie, which is hilarious. Yeah, I have mixed feelings, because on the one hand, for me, Winnie the Pooh is a innocent symbol of childhood, and mm-hmm. I won't deny that... Part of me is a little bit annoyed at turning it into a slasher movie, especially because it doesn't even look like it's a necessarily going to be an especially good one. Oh, it's going to be terrible. God, it's going to be so bad. But... but on the flip side, I 100% respect that being in the public domain means that they can do this now. And I also respect, honestly, kind of sticking it to Disney by being like, yeah, we're going to make it a slasher movie. Now, to contrast, taking a character that you know and associate with innocence and safeness and turning it into a hostile character like this, that adds to the horror, in my opinion. It's like watching your granddad swear for the first time. It's like that one movie where they used the Happy Time Fun mascot, where he went and killed everything. Or the, like, the, the, uh, the same appeal that Five Nights at Freddy's has, as, as these innocent animatronics at this, you know, that are, that are a little creepy, but they're innocent. I'm just waiting for the Winnie the Pooh Dead by uh, uh, Dead by Daylight uh, crossover. See, oh God! For me, the thing is, I feel like there's just more you could do with Winnie the Pooh as a horror concept than turning it into a slasher movie, where based on the description, Pooh and Piglet go on a rampage because Christopher Robin abandoned them to go to college and didn't leave any food. Is that really what it is? Yeah. That's hilarious. That's so bad. Oh. Because it's like, I don't know. I feel like with them being basically Christopher Robin's imaginary stuffed animal friends brought to life by the power of his imagination, you could do something terrifying with that. Like, you could just tweet Christopher Robin a little bit, and that movie would make for some pretty good horror as a man tormented by visions of the childhood he left behind, slowly losing his grip on reality and pushing his family away. That could be terrifying. That movie was already made, though. It was the Christopher Robin movie that came out in 2018. No, I'm saying take that and lean it more towards horror, because it's right there. I, I know. It's right I'm, there. I, I know, like, but like they already went to the depressing route with Winnie the Pooh. But then we don't get to watch Boo Bear go on an absolute American psycho rampage. Yeah, do you I think, guess. Do you think he's going to like ferment somebody into honey? God, I hope it's not. It's got to happen at some point. <laughs> Like, if they're just trying to go as grotesque as possible just to stick it to Disney a little bit, I think they kind of Well, have they to. did say don't expect a Hollywood-level production budget, so... Ah. Cheap. Well, then never mind. They probably will not. Yeah. 
Maybe in the sequel. <laughs> Bold of you to assume. I know. I'm assuming with grandeur that this movie will make money. Make make the sequel about can't Eeyore and Tigger Fortnite and call crossover. it Sawdust and Stripes. Yeah, can't we? <laughs> You're welcome. That'll be sixteen thousand dollars for the rights, oh, no. please. Wait, it's public domain. Damn it! Yeah, no, it's public domain, man. You can't, you can't charge me shit. Wait, I could probably trademark this specific concept. Speaking, speaking about a concept that's been overdone for years. What happened at Star Wars Celebration? Lots of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of things actually. First of all. Kathleen Kennedy walked back some of her comments about recasting. Yep. So, that's nice. Uh, the exact quote is, I never say never. It's certainly not something that we're doing with any intention right now. We're still talking about Lando with Donald Glover, for instance, but I don't think we would intentionally just look back at some of the characters like Luke and Leia and whatnot and decide arbitrarily to do a story. Anymore, you mean. You wouldn't do that <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like at this point, like, it's been 40 years since they started with some of these characters. Move on! Like, it's it's time for new characters. It so, is. If you want to name drop some people, absolutely. But, obviously, some of the characters, Mark Hamill, really enjoyed their role, and they would not hesitate to come back. But, like... You can only watch the same characters for so long. The same Doctor Who. And at least Doctor Who changes it up every once well, in a while. Well, Chase, I've been talking about this for a while on the podcast. Like, the idea of Star Wars, if they fractured off into different universes, kind of like how Gundam does it. Where, like, you have different timelines going on with different characters. Just, you know, as a way to differentiate it and make it fresh and appealing again. Because at this point, it's just the Skywalker saga. Everything that we're getting is about the Skywalker saga. Or... You know, around trying to fill in gaps that didn't need to be filled in. Uh, spoiler, you know, illusion. That's a reference to later on when we talk about uh, <laughs> Obi Wan. But uh, oh boy, <laughs> like like th these things, these things that they decided are arbitrarily. We have to fill in this gap for those pe three people, those three nerds at the round table that are like, I wonder what happened here. I wonder what happened there. Like. We need to stop worrying about the small details of everything that possibly ever happened with the Skywalkers and get away from them. But for the the better the, the the sooner that we get away from the Skywalkers and go into the, either the next trilogy of whatever they're trying to do, or we go to the old Republic, or we go to like the far far future away from like you know anything transcendentally related to the Skywalker other than like a fleeting reference to Vader and and Luke and the the, the Order and all that the better you know that's gonna be better for the franchise but uh, sorry i kind of we kind of went on a ramp no no that's 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 all fair what do we got for announcements again mando season three is confirmed for february of 2023 ahsoka okay. is also confirmed Amazing. for a 2023 release but no premiere month was produced so, so late. late yeah like probably, probably christmas holiday 2023 I, i'm gonna guess fall we also have confirmation that season four of mando is already being worked on God. And with season three, we also know that some of its directors will include Rick Famuyiwa, Carl Weathers, and Bryce Dallas Howard. What? Really? Really? Wow. Okay, so we're getting Carl Weathers directing? Interesting. Yeah, he's on the show enough. He's on the show, yeah. I mean, Bryce Dallas Howard, she, she's actually really good as an incompetent as a director, so I'm actually okay with that. Same. So... We also got confirmation of a new series by John Watts called Star Wars Skeleton Crew that will be starring Jude Law, 
and focusing on four kids on the run. Apparently, even though it stars kids, it is no more of a kids show than Clone Wars was. So fantastic. That's nice to know. When is it set? I'm assuming it's set sometime during the uh... Galactic Civil okay. War. Okay, somewhere around there, I believe. Okay, hopefully I don't run into Luke or some bullshit like that. <laughs> Speaking of going back to the same things, we're also getting this fall an animated anthology called Tales of the Jedi, part of which is going to focus on Ahsoka and how she got to the Jedi Temple, some of which is going to follow Count Dooku, and we also have confirmation that Liam Neeson is back as Qui-Gon Jinn. Huh. Amazing. Okay. He was rumored to be in a production, so that makes sense now. Yeah. I mean, they're already going to have him in the studio for Obi-Wan, so, Well, you know. probably probably just for, like, Force Talk, like, Force Ghost Talk or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, Qui-Gon ties a lot of characters together. Right. So, that he does. I would not be surprised if they're going to use him a little bit more. And he feels far enough removed that, you know, it, it's not quite the same level of exhaustion as, oh, this again, even though it probably should, since, you know, no him, no Anakin, but... Well, no Obi-Wan, no, no Anakin, you know, I mean, like... Yeah, but also no Qui-Gon, no Obi-Wan. Well, by that logic, yes, Qui-Gon, Anakin fixed. Yeah, okay. If Qui-Gon was yeah. there, Anakin wouldn't have gone down the deep end. Good point. If Qui-Gon had lived. Because he would have had the parenting or uh, mentor skills to not fall in the same traps that Obi-Wan did. Makes sense. And then anyway. for what I think is the final bit of relevant news, we also have confirmation that Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie is going to be the next one coming out next year. We don't know exactly when. Most people are leaning towards late, probably the same December slot most Star Wars movies have had, but we don't know anything concrete yet, I believe. Oh boy. It's going to be a fun year. It's going to have a lot, of, a lot of things to do. You guys ready for humorous uh, Star Wars movie where there's lots of jokes and fun and, you know? Yes. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I am. I like Taika Waititi's stuff. I liked Ragnarok. I, uh... I mean, my only problem with Ragnarok is I care about Thor, and Ragnarok was not really a Thor movie to me. So, But divorced from fair. that, Waititi is a great filmmaker, and as much as I hate Ragnarok, I still quote it, and I still watch it. It's so mm -hmm. bizarre, because it's still a very well-made, enjoyable movie. So, like, yeah, I'll watch him make a Star Wars movie. I don't care. Also, I apologize for any thunder sounds. It is raining here. Same it is here. raining hard around here. I hate All it. Alright, this is it's a terrible day for rain. Yeah. <laughs> Get out, we're doing a podcast. The tears in the rain. It's okay. The, the, the rain can't hurt us under the bridge. Very good. The flooding can, though. The flooding. Oh, very, yeah. Very oh, God. It's, it's getting very wet under here. I need to start bailing out. I'm gonna put shoes well, on. Well, let's bail out and go to the movies to watch some of the trailers that came out this week. It is, Trailers. in fact, trailer time. Trailer time. Trailer time. Let's start with BJ Novak's Vengeance. Which one was this again? Uh, That's the one where he goes to help solve the murder, the alleged murder of the girl he hooked up with a few times, who lived in Texas. Oh, yes, Texas the movie, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Put on APB for a man with cowboy boots. <laughs> it looks like it'll be, like, just dumb fun. It's Texas the movie. Dumb fun mixed in with some ac action. I mean, I'm down to see it. It looks like it's humorous enough to be like, it's not taking itself super seriously like you were saying, Chase. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to get a lot of people to the seats, in the seats, but, you know, it, it definitely looks enjoyable. I remember laughing. And weirdly enough, Blumhouse. It's a Blumhouse movie? Yeah. I did not expect that from them. That does not seem no. like a Blumhouse production. They do some dramas and what have you, but... They don't normally... The yeah. thing is, it... it 
it reads more like a comedy than a it drama, does, though. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it did seem especially funny, but I mean, okay, it seemed like it was trying. It just didn't get a lot of. It was. It was trying, and with me, it was hitting. But then again, I'm probably the target demographic. So. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't think I've ever seen you wear one, but now I'm just imagining you with a big old cowboy hat. <laughs> I own a cowboy Did hat, really and nice. I have worn it occasionally. I when I so. Chase floor time. When I graduated senior year, our senior trip was up to uh, Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And up there, the second thing I did when we got into Gatlinburg proper is first, I stopped into Walmart and bought Forza Horizon 3. (laughs) And second, I bought a cowboy hat from like an actual ranch. Nice. Because screw it, I'm in Tennessee, I'm buying a cowboy hat. I have no idea where that cowboy hat is now. I imagine it was last seen in my trunk, actually, but I no longer have that car, so I really hope I got it out of there. Mm-hmm. Tangent over, sorry. No, all good. Yeah, I might have to wear that if I go see that movie. <laughs> yeah, I've certainly seen worse trailers. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it that. Is it rude to go to the theaters wearing a Not hat? Not really. I feel like it might be rude. I mean, if you're wearing a Doug's Dimodome hat. Not if you're sitting in the back row. <laughs> That's fair. Someday I hope to own a Doug Dimodome hat. <laughs> yeah, if you're sitting in the back row, wear whatever size hat you want. I'm going to cover the projector with my <laughs> Doug Dimodome hat. <laughs> okay, maybe not then. <laughs> so that was Vengeance, I guess. We also Elvis. got another trailer for Elvis, starring Austin Butler and Tom Hanks. Elvis looks actually so, like fairly good as a biopic. Uh, I actually think it looks interesting. Elvis's story is pretty interesting. I think Austin Butler actually looks and feels a lot like... Elvis, he does he as a screen test at least, at least from what I can see on on in the trailer, he looks damn good in the role. I think he's a country singer. I want to say so. It's not too far off. Uh, I mean, he's probably going to be singing all the songs himself, not just using covers or you know a- actual have actual Elvis singing over him. I genuinely th- think it looks really good. I think Tom Hanks is unrecognizable in this. Borderline. This looks like he's going to try to pull off a more diabolical kind of manipulator rule, which is going to be interesting to see him in because he's usually the goody two-shoes, so. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks mm-hmm. should be the villain in more things. Give the good guys more villain roles because, like like I'm going to say in some upcoming trailers, the good guy actors, they can pull it off. They can pull it off real good. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm probably going to go see Elvis. It looks pretty interesting. I'm a little disappointed because it looks like it leans a little more Bohemian Rhapsody than Rocket Man in terms of spectacle, but... Well, I liked Bohemian Rhapsody over Rocket Man, so that doesn't bother that me. That is an opinion. See, from my point of view, granted, I am not attached to this movie whatsoever. I have very little interest in it. But Elvis is far and enough away from popular culture that I feel like you kind of have to throw more fact than show in there because yeah everybody who knows who elvis is but they only know like hound dog and um oh crap that other song Uh, that i was humming along to in the theater blue christmas maybe i don't know falling in love with you i know of elvis but i'm not an elvis fan and so a lot of the facts surrounding his rise and because not a lot of people know that like we love his music now but back then he was viewed as the devil yeah because of the hip guy with all his hip yeah. swinging and like all this other non like it, it, it's it's nice to see that they're going to be touching on that a little bit and hopefully some people will come with a little bit more respect for elvis and what he did uh coming out of this movie yeah not me i'm not gonna watch it but that's you know. fair I don't know. I just, with, when it comes to these musical biopics, I much prefer them to go crazy with it. 
and really lean into the music, which Bohemian Rhapsody didn't necessarily do. And I think Rocket Man did a lot better. But still looking forward to Elvis. It does mm-hmm. look like Austin Butler's doing a really good job as this, and like you said, Nick Tom Hanks, borderline unrecognizable. It's not going to win top f- top five box office, uh, at least week one, depending on what it's up against. I do think that it's going to... It's probably Oscar bait, and it's probably going to go up for best best performance. I don't know if best original song, is, unless because, you know, it's an Elvis movie. Probably, like, best supporting actor for Tom Hank nod, probably. It looks like that's... It looks, it looks mm-hmm. like Oscar bait to me. So, like, it, it looks like Oscar bait. It smells like Oscar bait. Just kind of want to, you know, it does look at least halfway competent, in my opinion. I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, same. Just check it real quick to see what competition it has, if any. Yeah, what's Elvis's competition? Scott Derrickson's The Black Phone. Okay, so, so it might do, it's going to probably do better than that. Yeah, we'll see. Moving on to the next movie, I the guess. The Black Phone, more like me no go. <laughs> So we also got The Gray Man, and I assume this is what you were talking about, Chase, with let good guy, good guy actors be bad guys Absolutely. Well, Chris Evans can really kill it as a villain. I am loving the unhinged Chris Evans here. Of course, the Russos have to, you know, go back to making another evil Captain America movie, but, like, I'm digging it. I'm digging what I see I'm a here. big fan of Jake Gyllenhaal myself. Who is Jake Gyllenhaal? Is Gyllenhaal in this? Is that Gyllenhaal, or is that somebody else? No, that was Ryan Gosling. Oh fuck! They look as they look the same. They look the same. They do. Not they do. The they same. look the People same to me. me. I'm gonna look up Jake Gyllenhaal. Look up Jake Gyllenhaal and look up Ryan Gosling. They look the same. I I can see it. It's the chin structure. The eyes and eyebrows are different, but like everything they else, look similar. It's, it's it's yeah. It's it's there's there's some similarities there. Whatever. Ryan Gosling. Okay, I'm. I'm a little less excited, but he's still a good actor, so I really can't give him crap. Man, I haven't seen The Nice Guys in a while. I need to fix that. It looks like a fun action spectacle movie. I'm definitely down for it. I like action spectacles. I love over-the-top action, and I love Chris Evans as a villain. He was good in Knives Out as a villain. He played a really good job doing being a snarky asshole in that movie, so... And he's mm-hmm. got a tremendous mustache. Yes, he does. He does. I love the the scene that we saw in the trailer of him just sitting in the chair when the guy walks in, like crispy. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm feeling I it. Agree. I'm feeling this one. I can definitely agree. It looks interesting. And I'm glad it seems like he's not being pigeonholed into being Captain America. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Very glad for that because he's got he's very he's got range. range. He does have really good range. I I feel like he's he's. He's not being typecast, and that's, like you said, it's a very good thing. Because, like, Downey is still kind of hurting for roles because he's seen as Iron Man post his Marvel career. It looks like Chris Evans has kind of found his niche, and I, I don't know. Playing anti-cap. Playing anti-cap, separating himself as much as he can from the character. And, you know, I mean, the only person who really has had a really good... I, I think Hugh Jackman's had a really good post-Wolverine career as well. Yeah. Because he, he, he's a damn good actor, and he's been playing to his strength as a theater professional and doing a lot of musicals. Uh, I mean, Greatest Showman is one of the best musicals I've ever seen. I love that freaking movie when it came out. I saw it on Christmas the day it came out, and it was... Uh, I, I, I mean, he did that. He did... Uh, frick, what's the other one? The, the the French Revolution one that I should know. Les Mis. Les Mis. Yeah, that was him, too. So, like, he, he really plays to his strength. Oh, yeah, the movie. That was you, Jack. That was right, Jackman, right, yeah. Right. But, yeah, Chris, Chris Evans has really kind of found his niche as playing kind of the anti-cap doing going away from those those characters and trying to play mm-hmm. more snarky assholes. And honestly, I'm for it, you know? 
Bra- he he has moved away from being Cap and has gone back to playing Johnny Storm. Good. good oh fuck! Let's not talk about that. Oh, <laughs> let's not talk about the, the, those times. Those are those, that's before Marvel was good. Um, Moving on to Idris Elba punching a lion. Okay, so who's ready for Cujo? Cujo the cat. Cujo the I, lion. <laughs> I could not get interested in this trailer. It looks the, it's just Cujo with a lion. The, the sound. The soundtrack seems great. Yeah, that's but only like, because there's, there's just... freaking Mongolian throat music. In. Yeah, there is. Oh, yeah, there is. And I mean, Idris Elba, always phenomenal in whatever he yeah. does. But yeah, it's up, oh, trapped in a vehicle with a lion. And I guess there's probably something else going on based on the other people showing up. But there's always a bigger beast. It's Far Cry 2 meets, uh, meets Cujo. <laughs> that sounds about right. I mean, I really have nothing else really more to say about it. I guess I'll see it if there's nothing else playing that week. He punched a lion. He punched a lion. That that did happen in the trailer. Yeah, I really have nothing else, much less, much less else to say about that. I'm gonna see what else comes out. I think this comes out in what August or something. Yeah. Yes, August. What else is there? Let's find out. Oh, there's like nothing else currently. <laughs> I'll see it. So I guess we're doing it for content. Oh boy. Yeah, we're gonna get to watch Idris Elba punch a lion. Speaking of man, right. man, man and versus nothing animals. else of value happen. Right, we got um, Netflix's Man vs. Bee starring Rowan Atkinson. And I will, I'm gonna go step away and use the restroom while you two talk about the fabulous world I'm gonna, of Rowan Atkinson. I'm gonna love this one. I will be back. Keep recording. I'm gonna love that I, I'm gonna hate to love this one because on the one hand, it is exactly my brand of comedy, but on the other hand, it looks so cringe. Exactly, exactly just, that one. After a certain point, just leave the bee alone. <laughs> and he doesn't even have anyone else to play off of, like Mouse Hunt, because Mouse Hunt's another one of those perfect examples of you really ought to just leave well enough alone. But on the flip side, when, when it's the two of them playing off each other, it's very entertaining. Here it's just one guy versus a bee, and it's it's especially frustrating because you see him do stuff where it's like, this should absolutely kill it. It's just another example of people trying to rip off the genius that is Vince Gilligan. What did Vince Gilligan do that's related to this? Uh, Breaking Bad? Oh, yeah, the fly, the fly episode. <laughs> I remember that one. I still haven't finished Breaking Bad, but I remember that. The fl- It was a good episode, and I can't wait to watch vocal Mr. Bean absolutely obliterate himself and his surroundings in the pursuit of a single insect. Do we think this would work better if it was a Mr. Bean movie? I don't think so, honestly, because Hmm. it feels like it would work as a Mr. Bean gag in a larger Mr. Bean movie, but I do not see how you're going to get a feature-length film after chasing after a single bee. I really don't. I mean, that's not stopping them now. Well, clearly not. The movie's made, but I, I just, I just don't know. Yeah, I see. I appreciate that they're telling us up front that there's going to be consequences for his actions, but like on the other hand, it's like, I is is the trial going to be the second half of this movie, and the actual bee hunting only goes through? Shoot, maybe he's going to save the judge from the bee, and that's going to be how they how he how he gets his, he gets his way out of this one. Yeah, because there's also something about like. It's not fun to watch somebody's life spiral out of control over something that fucking trivial. Exactly. So it it really becomes a problem of the the scope and the stakes are a little too high for what this thing is trying to be, and you have a really hard time enjoying it, because all you can think about is, all this over one fucking insect. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just a little sad. That's the long and short of it. it. It's too long. It should be shorter. Yeah. Maybe if it was a short film. Maybe make it uh, like... Short film? Like a Pixar short, maybe? Or a live action version of one? I don't know. I don't know. I think you could potentially even stretch it out to like... 30, 45 minutes if you spend a decent chunk of time on the uh, setup. But I don't I don't think I could stomach more than ten or fifteen minutes of the same act, honestly. That's fair. Because how many how many different ways can you realistically try and kill a bee? You can try smacking it, you can try shooting it with one of them bug zapper things, you could try like a bug projectile device. Salt gun. Throw out some salt gun, exactly. Uh, eventually you work your way down to fire. but like once you get the fire how else do you escalate, like, realistically? You really can't. There, there's, o- there's only so high you can go in the, ah, uh, oh no, it's an insect that I'm not a fan of, how do I deal with this? You could try to drown it's it, just... I guess. But how do you drown a bee? It flies. Yeah. Granted, you get, it, you get it slightly wet and it can't fly anymore, but, like, I don't know, man. At some point, you you would think that your internal reasoning would kick in and be like, wait, it's a bee. Like, right. it's, it's just a single bee. Like, it was funny at first in the trailer where it's like, hey, get out of here. And he swats the, the statue off the off the table. Yeah. It's like, oh, OK, haha, clumsy Rowan Atkinson and back at it again. But then, like, it cuts to the, the flamethrower bit. And it's like, where did he get that? <laughs> did he bring that with him? What, did you bring your flamethrower house sitting? Was that in uh, did he go out, did what's he, his name? Leonardo DiCaprio's character from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's tool shed. I don't know. Rick Dalton, that was it. That's his character's name. I assume you haven't seen that movie. No, absolutely not. So, That's why I didn't laugh. I'm what's sorry. What's going on? For, oh, it's all good. For I was I was going to explain the flamethrower bit from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to Chase real quick. Oh, go ahead. So Rick Dalton played characters in a bunch of westerns, and he was also in a uh, he was also in a movie where he got to burn some Nazis, and they let him keep the flamethrower. And the end of the movie basically presents an alternate take on the Manson family murders, where instead of killing Sharon Tate, they bust into his house, trying to kill him instead, only to get absolutely fucked up by his best friend and his dog. And then one of them, after getting absolutely wrecked, lands in the pool where he is just lounging around outside of, and she's waving a gun around, screaming well in the pool, and he just walks into his shed after a little freakout, grabs the flamethrower, and just sets her on fucking fire. <laughs> so maybe that's where he got the flamethrower from. What are we talking about? Rick- I don't know. Where Mr. Bean got still the flamethrower from. B. Gotcha. So yeah, uh, that definitely looks like a movie. It does. Do not look super interested in it, but I guess I'll watch it. Uh, Chase, if you end up streaming it, I'll watch it with you. It does appear to be one of the movies ever made. That isn't true. Just like <laughs> of all the movies ever made, this is one. Just like Indeed. Inuo. <laughs> this one looks. This one looks interesting. It does. I. I do not know what it's about, and that intrigues me. I have me. no idea what it's about either, other than it's by Masa, uh, what is it, Maha, Masashi Yuasa. It's by Yuasa. Uh, Yuasa is the guy who made. Basically, he's made a ton of really, really good animated films, including, I believe, The Night is Short, Walk-On Girl, which is about a girl getting, like, a college girl getting drunk and a whole bunch of hijinks ensues. I don't know. It looks interesting, and his movies are usually end up being pretty, uh, they're usually pretty good, so I'm actually pretty, pretty excited about to see what, see what it's about. Yeah, The Night is Short, Walk- this is the guy who made Ping Pong, by the way. 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, I just I just wish I knew what kind of movie it was going to be. Is it is it action? I saw some swords in there. Is well, it music? I saw the kid playing a guitar. Like, is it a blind samurai movie? Is it a supernatural? The demons wa- or the the spirits walk among us kind of deal? Or like, I just let me read the uh, G Kids synopsis on it. Oh boy, G Kids. Well, they're the ones distributing it. From visionary director Masaki Yuasa, hailed by IndieWire as one of the most creatively unbridled minds in all of modern animation, comes a revisionist rock opera about a 14th century superstar whose um, dance moves take Japan by storm. Um. Born to an esteemed family, Inuo is afflicted with an ancient curse that has left him on the margins of society. When he meets the blind musician Tomona, a young Biwa priest haunted by his past, Inuo discovers a captivating ability to dance. The pair quickly become business partners and inseparable friends as crowds flock to their electric, larger-than-life concerts. But when those in power threaten to break up the band, Inuo and Tomona must dance and sing to uncover the truth behind their creative gifts. Now, why couldn't they just put that in the trailer? (laughs) Uh... It's, this is the Dark Souls lore of movie trailers. <laughs> Remember when like trailers used to tell you exactly the plot of the movie? I, I don't even need I don't to know that. the exact plot. I just I just like to I just like to know what I'm signing up for when I go to watch this. It's not like this is a teaser trailer. This is this is the like the 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 hype trailer. Isn't I think it? it's an this announcement trailer. To... So right. Oh, okay, I guess. I don't. It know. looks interesting. I'm probably gonna end up going to go see it unless I get busy that week. <laughs> I hope I can see it. Every time G-Kids releases something, it seems like, it's always either when I'm working or it's fucking movie night. <laughs> I'm so upset movie about night it. At the movie night field trip? Yeah. Yeah. I could probably get some people to go along with that, but not everybody. Well, let's move on to... Some, lose some. Ironic. Yeah. Probably the most, uh... The mo- thing that I have the most to say out of all these trailers, Andor. I have very little to say other than... Yeah, all right, I guess. Uh, the only thing that Damn. I have to say about it that I am intrigued to see is that we're actually going to see some more of the Imperial Senate, finally. My f- mm-hmm. my favorite aspect of the Galactic Empire is the politics behind it. At least, like, I, I, you've seen... The only time we've really seen snippets is in the extended lore, like um, Thrawn, the Thrawn books by uh, Timothy Zahn kind of go into, like, the, the corruption and influence within the Empire. If I can get that shown and portrayed on screen, I am happy. Uh, the fact that it looks like at least a portion of the show is set with the politics within the Empire uh, make me interested more for that than I am Andor's Rebellion. I really could give two shit about Andor. I, I just I, I'm interested to see more of the Imperial, uh, the Imperial Galactic Senate. You know, like all that crazy, you know, corruption. The um, the way that that the that Coruscant now functions as a uh, as the the you know political sphere of the uh, of the Empire. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see all that now. So that's what I'm more excited about than I am Andor himself. Like you're seeing Andor in the whole rebelling. I can give two craps about that part. So if, if you like that, you might have to catch in on Bad Batch season two. That I don't think we talked really? about, but that's a thing that happened. Yeah, I haven't even seen season one. So there's there's some clips from the trailer that actually depict the Senate hearings. So awesome! I'm gonna have to catch up. Then we'll, uh, we'll get to see some of that. I uh I definitely am a huge 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 fan of that aspect of the galactic like uh, of the galactic civil war is all the stuff within um the senate the the imperial senate uh, that mm-hmm. stuff's very interesting mm-hmm. to me so yeah but it's it's an Andor it's a series about Cassian Andor one of the he was in Rogue One 
It was okay. <laughs> That's pretty much my it's opinion. A backstory for Cassie and Andor. You know, woohoo! Yay! <laughs> there was throat singing in the uh, in the trailer, so that was cool. Yeah. You know, we got some good bells. I I I liked the sound and audio design for the trailer specifically. I like. I've been getting really into like movie trailer music and like how it impacts like the feel of the trailer and i speaking more on the trailer than anything it represents uh, this was this was i enjoyed this trailer it was good nice it looked good it sounded good it did, it yeah good. still have no idea what we're getting into though me neither i don't have an awful lot to say because it's just to me it's just the star wars series about nobody's favorite part of road one but hey yeah yeah, I can agree to that. I, I guess it could be more obnoxious, but no, oh well. It, I mean, it looks interesting enough. I'm just in a position where I don't feel obligated to watch everything Star Wars just because it's Star Wars. So something kind of has to really actually grab me, right, for me to mm-hmm. decide to do it. And especially because we're probably not covering and/or episode by episode on the podcast when it comes out because there's twelve episodes just in season one, and that's a lot of time to dedicate towards. Andor. One Star Wars series about Cassie and Andor. Oh boy. I want to know why we got 12 episodes of Andor and only how many episodes of Boba Fett? Seven. Seven? Technically Six? like four or five if you count the ones that aren't just Mando. I don't know. I don't feel like getting into Book of Boba Fett right now, but it, yeah. just, it just seems... I haven't seen it. Because this, long- this is the longest Star Wars show we've gotten so right. far. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. And it's for Andor. Barring like, what's in about? one season anyway. Obviously Mando has more, but he's got two seasons, so I don't think that's fair. Actually. Because right. Andor, no, they're already yeah. working on season two, and that's going to have 12 episodes. Apparently. Wait, Andor? Yeah. They're making a season two? Yep. It's already in the works. Oh, I hate you, Disney. Can you- well, at-, at least that. at least then we know more or less how far into... The timeline this one's gonna go. Yeah. Because you gotta leave room for season two and probably season three after that, because you know they aren't gonna lead straight into his career in Rogue One. I guess we'll I find out. We, when we it comes better out get at him meeting K two at some point. But, well, yeah, yeah. If if K two does not show up, that'll get some interest. I don't oh, know. I, it's Andor. I, I, I'll be here for you, Jin. Cassian said I had to. So moving on to devotion, I guess. Yeah, war dramas aren't really my speed, but it's got Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell, who I am now a fan of his insanely punchable face, so (laughs) I guess I'll see it. I just want to talk about how fortuitous it is that as soon as we heard Top Gun Maverick was coming out, I know a lot of people were like, wait, why? Why is Top Gun getting a sequel? And every time I told them, it's because we got like four movies about fighter jet pilots. We got Independence Day, we got the second Independence Day that wasn't that great, we got Top Gun, and then we got a movie, Stealth, that nobody saw. Oh, there was also Red Tails. True, there was Red Tails. Sorry about that. Um, but anyway, it's it's a very niche genre that just so happens to be my genre, and I'm very happy that we're finally getting attention with not one, but two new fighter jet movies here in the next couple years. And this is a Korean war movie as well, which we have very little is, of. Nobody nobody talks about the Korean War. They even call it the Forgotten War in the trailer. I mean, yeah, because 
Vietnam kind of overtook it. And honestly, we were still kind of fighting mm-hmm. in Korea during Vietnam. So it's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's one of those conflicts that, yeah, it's, it definitely happened. Just a lot of people are like conflated with Vietnam. So I just want to know if it's going to be a more action focused fighter jet movie or if it's going to be the more drama focused that it looks like we might be getting with some funny with some not funny but cool dogfight sequences mixed in. It looks there. more like it's going to be an an action dramedy. Or no, action drama, mm-hmm. sorry. Yep. I don't know. Which hey man, I'm all for it. I am too. I'll probably watch it. That's an era of military drama that we don't get to explore often and I'm curious to see right um what they're going to do. Yeah, with it. more Korean war movies would always be appreciated just cuz like it is it's the forgotten war and people did fight and serve and die for that, you know, in that conflict. It's, it's Let's let's uh let's recognize there. Ooh, it looks like when it expands out of its limited release into theaters, it's coming out against Black Adam. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe maybe I'll watch that one outside of the podcast. <laughs> oh, wait. Apparently, nationwide release date is October twenty eighth. Never mind. So it's up against The Devil's Light, which I also kind of want to see because okay. that looks like Favorite a schlocky there. horror movie, but. I guess we'll see. we'll see when we get to it. October's a ways out. October is definitely mm-hmm. a ways out. A lot could happen between now and then. So, I think we got one more teaser trailer, and it's one that I, I don't know about you guys, but I barely have anything to say about because it barely gave us anything. Can we just skip it? And that's... <laughs> no. Gotta talk okay. about Dragon Ball Super, Super Superhero. Super it's a movie. <laughs> it's a Gohan mm-hmm. movie. Is it Gohan? Mm-hmm. It's Gohan-focused. Gohan. Huh. And it's about the Red Ribbon Army coming back. I know nothing about Dragon Ball, so... Uh, they're the guys who made Cell. Ah. Are they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they well, are. Well, okay, oh, the guy who made Cell was part of the Red Ribbon remember. Army, so that's more accurate. I just, I'm just excited to see Gohan absolutely shred some androids. I like the androids. They're fun. They're quirky. They usually have some fun gimmicks to them. Yeah. I'm glad to see he's still wearing, uh, the Namek robes. Oh, I like so that. good. Mm-hmm. It's especially because I think in Super Proper, he's been training with Piccolo hmm. again. Cause I, think, I haven't watched anything outside the Tournament of Power. Yeah, so. I think what happened is after Frieza came back and started attacking, Gohan was like, man, I've been slacking off. Hey, Piccolo, can you can you help me get back into shape? Yeah, all right, I guess. <laughs> Dodge! Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a Dragon Ball movie, so it'll be enjoyable. Maybe not the best, but enjoyable. I, I mean, the, the last movie. few have been pretty damn good. Broly was really fun when that came out. Yeah, but we also have the big track record of things like Wrath of, Wrath of the Dragon, uh, Cooler. The Cooler previous 2. Broly movies, all three of them. Yeah, yeah. Super Androids. Ooh. Lord so, you know, Slug. Hit, hit, hit some, miss some, but from the... What? Bojack Unbound? Trailer, it looks like it's going to hit some. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't even talk about Bojack. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. Really, my only problem with Broly is that they let Frieza go at the end. And even then, it's it's balanced out by getting Frieza's absolutely hamtastic fake acting. Just after he kills Paragus, just clearing his throat. <clears throat> Broly, it's a tragedy! <laughs> It's like this is just <laughs> this is good. All right, you can you can live just for this terrible acting. Uh, but yeah, it'll it'll probably be enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, hopefully so. All right, so let's get back into it with this weekend's box office and see where everything is sitting. 
I don't think it would surprise anybody to know that Top Gun Maverick took the weekend. I'm only going off of Fantastic. three days for the weekend, off the three days for the weekend, but it made 126.7 million dollars domestically for a 156 million dollar domestic total as of today, and 282 million dollars worldwide. Second place, very distantly, we have Multiverse of Madness, which did a 15.8 million dollar domestic weekend for 374.8 million dollars domestic and 872.7 million dollars worldwide. It has actually passed The Batman as the highest grossing movie of the year in the US, so good, good. for Doctor Strange. Hey. Third place, we've got the Bob's Burgers movie. <laughs> at, yeah, at 12.4 million domestically. It looks like it hasn't really gotten a worldwide release total because its domestic total of 14.8 million as of today is its total. To be fair, so, uh, to be fair, it's a Fox Animation uh, uh, property. I don't know if that's really like popular outside of America, other than like maybe The Simpsons. Yeah, that's fair. Where else would you release it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, good point. Bob's Burgers. It's big in Japan. <laughs> that would be the best. I mean, uh Apparently, it's got like a four-star rating on IMDb, so, you know. I've heard it's good, but I haven't ever watched the show, yeah. so. And then fourth place, we've got Downton Abbey with a $5.7 million domestic weekend for a $29.7 million domestic total as of today and $70.2 million worldwide. And in fifth place, still hanging in there, we've got The Bad Guys. That movie's... Ugh. It's a little it's a little DreamWorks movie that could, I swear. I need to watch it. It's quite good. For good. That one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I liked what I saw of that movie, even though I haven't seen it yet. No, it's it was pretty good. It's it did a four point three million dollar domestic weekend for an eighty two point three million dollar domestic total as of today, and one hundred ninety eight point five million dollars worldwide. So yeah, that's a lot that. of money. Yeah. Well, good job to all those movies, especially Bob's Burgers and the Bad Guys. I would not have. Yeah, they're, I would not have expected. They're doing quite quite good, actually. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's never a bad thing when a movie does, you know, well. So, congrats. Except when it's Morbius. Good point. We ready for game news? Let's get to gaming. Before we get to gaming, I got it. a couple of crossovers that kind of span both both gaming and movie news. Oh man! Oh boy! Uh, what is this? A crossover podcast? Oh, uh, let's just ease you into the gaming, okay? Um. So, first of all, uh, it's sad. I'm sad, you know, obviously one of the big deaths of this week was Ray Liotta, mm. you know, so I, I have to give him a nod, uh, because, you know, not only is he one of the best gangster films, gangster films ever made, Goodfellas, but he's also Tommy Vercetti from Vice City, one of the best gangster games you can probably ever play. Truly, he was a good fella. <laughs> he was definitely a good fella. According to Deadline, he died in his sleep while filming um, while filming in the Dominican Republic. It was peaceful, it was in his sleep. Just, just wanted to say, you know, we'll miss you, really, Yoda. You know, all of your crazy gangster movie antics. So. I got a packet of noodles and some ketchup. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of just give a nod because, you know, great actor, very important actor. The first major, uh, one of the first major uh, film stars to ever get a, uh, a video game contract, actually. Huh. Yeah. Um, as like a big, you know, voice, voice role. So, uh, Neat. Yeah, that's what I learned today. So, moving on to other news. Oh, you guys ready for the PlayStation movies and shows? <laughs> oh, man, hit oh. me with it. Oh, wait, movies? Oh, there's, oh, oh right, I'm there, No, there, No, no, there's a lot. <laughs> what are we getting in oh, Uncharted there's, there's sequel? More. No, 
There's this, more no, than Uncharted. You guys are going to be rocked by all this. This is, is it Uncharted 2? So obviously we know about Last of Us because, you know, Pedro Pascal obviously got cast as Joel. That was what the, some of the drama between, you know, Mandalorian was. Uh, was yep. because That's right. Yeah, because of, uh, because of the Last of Us shooting. Uh, Ella has been cast as Billy Ramsey, uh, who's known as Mildred Hubby from The Worst of Witch, which I've never seen. So that's, I mean, we have actual images of it, so we know that that film's happening. During a recent investor briefing, Sony did announce a couple of television projects. There's a Horizon Zero Dawn show coming to Netflix. They're right. making a God of War one for Netflix. Uh, for Amazon. Those are going to get canceled in one season. Probably. And Probably. this is the most strange one. It gets weirder? A Gran Turismo movie is in a pit. They have a pitch out for it. Oh, <laughs> directed yes. by Neil can... Blomkamp of District District Nine fame. <laughs> why would you get a Blomkamp? Uh, <laughs> why is Greg not here? I know. I, it, what the this hell? Is, this is being reported by Deadline, so it's it's fairly accurate. So. That's a that's official. Can we get? Uh, no, that's not Sony, but you know, Ace Combat movie, please. What the hell? Or TV show, Netflix series, Hulu. I don't. I don't care who Apparently does it. Apparently, there's also if we're getting Gran Turismo. There's also an announced Ghost of Tsushima movie and a Twisted Metal TV show made by NBC. I think the Twisted Metal one okay. was known. Yes, but it, it's now we know that the director and writer is Takashi Adosher, who I have no clue what he's done. It's in very very early pre-production. Could they not just get the Death Race guys to do Twisted Metal? I, I wish they would. Was like that was kind of what that was already. I felt. Oh right, Anthony Mackie's part of this twisted metal show. <laughs> what? <laughs> Along with Stephanie what? Beatrice, Thomas Hayden Church, and Neve Campbell. Wait, like Falcon? Y- Anthony yeah, Mackie? Captain America himself. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. So l- l- let me get this straight. So we're getting might get some of my money. I don't know. We're getting the new Captain America. We're getting Mirabelle Madrigal, Sandman, and. Sydney, whatever her name is from Scream, in a Twisted Metal series. Yep. I, what a world. Oh. Here's the thing that's crazy about all this. I'm not going to go into it, but there's an upcoming state of play by Sony that announced that, that got leaked, it looks like, that has a none, no major IPs that, that they're pushing for the t- film and television screen. Like, there's nothing... I would love a new Twisted Metal, a new a, 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 like something that's connected to some of these franchises, other than the fact that we're getting a new Gran Turismo, or we already have a new Gran Turismo. They're do- it's it, it, it's bizarre that they're pushing so heavily into television and, and movies. It's very, very weird. And I want to see what Neil Blomkamp's going to do at Gran Turismo, quite honestly. I hope that script goes through. I kind of want to see it. I hope the aliens from District 9 come back. It's currently fun. just an unplaced pitch, but it is confirmed that it is in the in the works. Well, and clearly it's a very successful pitch. I just want to know what they're going to do with it. So, yeah, that's that's it for the weird world of PlayStation movies and TV shows. That's certainly weird and a world. Sonic 3, we got some new news. Oh, yes. So, apparently there is a, there is a convention that just happened called KCC Comic Con, where the screenwriters for Sonic, uh, Pat Casey and Josh Miller, were... Taking a Q&A for the movie, basically, for, you know, just mm-hmm. going into general about the movies. And specifically, there's a couple of points there that actually, they're, they're pushing for a 2024 release for Sonic 3. So Shadow the Hedgehog, as you can probably guess, they've already, they have they kind of hinted that he's going to, they're pick, trying to pick up another big name actor to play Shadow. Um, we don't have any- Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves, <laughs> come on! Oh, yes, please. We don't have any indication on who it's going to be. 
but they did acknowledge that it's going to be a big name Hollywood casting. Amy Rose wasn't okay, so they, they they weren't able to actually say whether or not she's in the movie. But apparently, according to the screenwriter, something is in the works. So Amy Dave Bautista <laughs> voicing Amy Rose. No, voicing Shadow. <laughs> Dave Bautista. Oh, that'd be interesting. I like my idea better. You know what? Me too. As as far as story and inspiration, they said that they are going to incorporate elements of Sonic Adventure 2 and Shadow the Hedgehog. Oh, oh man, is he going to have a gun? Is he packing? Shadow using a gun. <laughs> please. Is he driving a motorcycle? Is he packing? Oh my god. He got Does the he have a squid man floating over his shoulder? <laughs> also, the producers confirmed that they are aware of the demand for Crush 40 music to be featured in the new Sonic movie. He gonna ask about where that damn fourth Chaos Emerald is? Albeit, this is all taken at a Q&A at a Comic-Con that they went to. The fact that it was the actual screenwriters talking about this stuff in public does give me some hope that this stuff... Uh, let's get Crush 40 in the movie... In the, I mean, I, I just... This almost makes me a lot more excited for Sonic 3. I I really, really like what they're doing with the Sonic movies. So they just keep it up and keep ramping up the insanity that I'm happy. Isn't uh, that KCC Comic Con, isn't that also uh, what dropped that funny uh, new short we got of the Sonic, yes. to- Sonic yes, team? Yes, that is. That is exactly it. Yeah. I really, without going too hard into it, I really hope the drone character stays and is now a permanent fixture of Team Sonic because <laughs> I would appreciate that. That would be very funny. So we need Keanu Reeves as Shadow specifically so we can hear him say the classic line from the Shadow the Hedgehog video game of, this is like taking candy from a baby, which is fine by me. (laughs) (laughs) That game is a fucking train wreck. Josh Miller added apparently that uh, that they're going to keep on adding additional characters as long as there's demand, and specifically quoting him, in each new Sonic movie, as long as the people got an appetite for them, we'll keep adding yet another person from the game universe. Give me the chaotic, you cowards! (laughs) Oh, give it to us, please. So, quite honestly, this makes me incredibly, incredibly happy. Give me silver so we can say, it's no use! <laughs> Take this! Oh, no. The Babylon oh, no. Rogues! Oh, no. So, uh, moving into the next Sega news I've got, uh, Sega's got a mysterious broadcast that they just announced that they're going to unveil a new project on Friday, June 3rd. So, this upcoming Friday. Uh, at 7 a.m. EST. So apparently Hiroyuki uh, Miyazaki and Yoshiosuke Okunari are going to be there. They're two bigwigs from the old days of Sega. The picture that they put on Twitter for the announcement uh, is a Mega Drive controller. So everybody's specul- speculating that this is oh. going to be focused somehow on something, you know, retro. Something with the Mega Drive. So it's either going to be like, a lot of people are asking for like a Mega Drive CD Mini. Although Sega CD was so obscure, I don't know if that's probably what they're going to end up doing. We're going to get something regarding, you know, it looks like something retro from uh, from Team um, Team Sega uh, this Friday. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I'll probably end up uh, covering whatever is unveiled uh, next week when we do the podcast. But very interesting that they just decided to post this like today. So if it if it was officially called a Sega broadcast, like if that was the name of the thing, I would expect Space Channel Five. But since <laughs> apparently that's just a general term, I am not expecting Space Channel Five. It's, yeah, this is from the Sega, Sega official I would trailer. Like Space Channel Five. All right. So moving on in more uh, some Nintendo news, real quick. I just want to quickly talk about the Pokemon Company. They had a really good year. They had three really big games come out, but they're usually pretty absent from like the yearly financial reports that game companies put out. 
However, uh, we did get some insight, actually, from their Japanese government filings uh, that show that they made uh, $1.6 billion in sales this year. That's 70% up from last year fiscally. Uh, they made an operating profit of $460 million, up 115%, and a net profit of $320 million, up uh, 123%. So they're doing staggeringly well this year. Uh, and that, oh my God. that's because they put out the Pokemon Snap game, uh, Arceus, and the Diamond and Pearl remake. Pokemon Snap sold 2.4 million units this year. Uh, Pokemon hmm. Legends Arceus sold 12.64 million, and Diamond and Pearl remake sold 14.65 million. That's disgustingly <laughs> high for something so aggressively mediocre. I know. <laughs> I appreciate that we got the breakdown as to where those numbers came from, because I would not have guessed that order, personally. I would have guessed it, but it's still disappointing to hear. This does not include any other, like, obviously there are some smaller titles that came out, like Pokemon Unite, uh, and some of the Pokemon Go profits that they made, but, you know, they'd had a very stellar year this year. Uh, Obviously, this is going into the tail end of the year when we have Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It's probably going to get even better for them. Is that coming out this year? It's coming out the tail end of the year, yep. Oh man, I'm not ready. Yeah, I don't think I can't wait ready. to get my. I can't wait to have my son, my fire gator. He is he is precious to me. Apple gator is is the correct opinion. I don't I don't. Yeah. Not to start like a class war or anything, but if you are team, uh, grass cat or whatever the aqua one was, the water type. It's a duck. I'm uh, sorry. You are incorrect. I am on that. I'm on the side of the duck. You are well. Then you're incorrect. I'm I, sorry. It's it's apple gator. I can all understand the, way. the duck. I cannot understand being team grass cat. That shit looks like a Digimon. <laughs> as long as it keeps all four paws on the ground, we're fine. It just turns into green incineroar from Smash Ultimate. <laughs> I'm going to hurt so many people if that is the case. It's literally just it's whatever the region's called Incineroar version. <laughs> I hate it. Thank you. So, moving go back, going back to some of the uh, Star Wars news from Star Wars Celebration, EA released the trailer for Jedi Survivor, which is the n- official title of the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order from EA. Good. Cal Sestis is back. This is his next. This is the next game in the trilogy. In the sequel, I don't know if a trilogy, but it's the next game in the um in the saga series. Series is the correct word. It'll wind up being a. It'll wind up being a trilogy. A, 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 uh, yeah. Star Wars no does like them. They're trilogies. Obviously, this is a respawn game. It, uh, the first game was incredibly popular. I still need to play it. It actually looks really fun. Uh, I just never got around to it, it. It was enjoyable. It was enjoyable. It's coming sometime in 2023. If they're saying sometime, it's probably going to be holiday 2023 is probably what they're shooting for. Uh, if they'll probably end up being delays, so probably, I, I would assume probably sometime early 2024. They showed, you know, a pre-rendered trailer. It looked pretty interesting. I mean, it's it, it's a continuation of the last game, so if you liked it, you're going to probably enjoy this one. So, yeah, they finally, you know, the cat's out of the bag on that one. Everybody expected EA to somehow, you know, give us a, some more news on that this year, so they just went ahead and did it at Star Wars Week, so. Proud. It's funny, I have Fallen Order, and I still have not played it, and I know I need to, because I know it's good, but I just haven't. Yeah, it's one of those games where I, I bought it when it was uh, really, really cheap on sale, and I've just never gotten around to playing it. Um, I, I, it's still in my library somewhere too. I've got to actually sit down and play through it one day. I, the best thing about it is it has Arkham City, uh, syndrome where, um, the guards go around and talk about their days. Like, you know, uh, that, that's my favorite, that's mm-hmm. my favorite feature in a game ever. Cause it makes the world feel alive. It, it's, it's a very alive feeling. Yeah. Game. Like when the stormtroopers are just sitting there talking about their kids or like, Oh, I hate this assignment. Oh, I hate it too, man. 
Like that that makes me feel bad about you know stabbing them thousands of times through the back of the net neck. You know that's that that that's the kind of realism and stuff that I like in games. If they add that where there, it feels like the world's alive and flowing and these people that you're fighting aren't just nameless grunts, that to me gives me so much more immersion than if you were to just you know. Oh, look at this. A barrage of enemies. Go kill them, you know? Exactly what I want from my games. Guilt at being forced to kill to defend myself. <laughs> Existential, crippling guilt. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do see what you mean. Moving on to the story with the longest coming. Uh, We've been waiting for this for a long, long time. I don't personally... Is it Morbid it's Time? Morbid it's not time. Morbid Time, no. I wish it, Damn it! I wish it was Morbid Time. World of Warcraft is be. finally allowing Horde and Alliance players to play get to play together. Like in you know, fact, yeah, no. they're finally allowing you to join each other no. in parties. I disagree. What? This is the end of World of Warcraft. It's it. All the magic's gone. Nah, Horde versus Alliance was dumb and needed to die like three expansions ago. And, anyway, and it kind of died already. Like almost every expansion since, like God, it was a battle of Az- Azeroth. Uh, like you were pretty much fighting with the Horde and Alliance against a bigger threat. Like, Lich King was against a bigger threat. Like, that was a bigger threat. Like, they kind of, like, got rid of that very early on. So, at this point, letting people join each other is just... I don't see a problem with it. They're still allowing each guild to uh, keep the uh, faction locked so you can't play with other factions. But, you know, they are allowing it as an option if you want to. So, I I, I don't see this as a problem. I see it as a positive thing, actually. Uh, I I don't think it's a bad thing at all to have, you know, um, Horde and Alliance players play together. I mean, this game is almost, what, it's over 20 years old now, right? <laughs> it's close to it. It's getting there. Yeah, like, th- they have to do something to kind of, I don't know, put life back into a dying game. 2004. So just about, like, so, yeah, 18 it's getting years. There. It's old enough to drive. Or no, it's legal. It's old enough to it's vote. It's legal, yeah. World of Warcraft is legal now. Okay, that means the Smash players will stay away from it. Yeah, Smash players will all stay away from it, so it's not as sm- <laughs> sweaty, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that should not have hit <laughs> that being said you know it, it it was a long time coming i'm, I'm not surprised yeah. at all that they decided to go i ahead still and don't do it. like it what, what don't you like about it like what ruins the magic for you I, I i am not at liberty to discuss it on this podcast okay then. oh wow that bad so the next thing is the mmo project by the guys at dc universe got canceled unfortunate uh, it was announced a year ago, and it's already canceled, so uh, that's not too great. I really don't have much to say about it. Uh, it. It was very, very early development. Basically, EG7, the company that did, you know, DC Universe and at Lotro, that was in charge of this, they're basically taking a write-down. They lost $23.3 million as a result of the cancellation, and they're putting all of the funding that they were putting towards that game towards their other projects. So they're putting it back into DC Universe Online and Lotro Online and stuff like that. So I guess they pretty much just lost a license, I guess. That kind of sucks. Wasn't that the one that was going to let you, like, make your own Marvel hero and, like, live out your own story? Kind of like uh, that one Cartoon Network game from, like, 20 years Correct. ago? Correct. And there's also a lot of concept art um, out on the internet, the character create creation system, and um, screenshots of what it would have looked like. They have, uh, There was a big thing of the Spider-Verse, uh, some of the Spider-Verse characters that you can make. Um, so it, it, it sucks. That would have been really fun. It sucks, but you know, it is what it is. I can understand an MMO not really surviving nowadays. Yeah. Lastly, we got a lot of leaked multiverses characters and oh boy, do we have a, some crazy ones in here. Uh, 
<laughs> As you guys know, the closed alpha test is going on for Multiverses, which is the new Smash Bros. style fighter with from Warner Brothers. It's just right now that we have a ton of characters that we already know about, including you know Ultra Instinct Shaggy. We got Velma in there. We got uh, Taz. We got uh, a lot of a lot of other crazy characters in here. Um, there's two lists that are going on right now from uh, the leaker that actually originally revealed the game's existence a couple like i think it was last year it was leaked entirely online and this guy was 100 percent accurate with the closed alpha test a lot of people were able to data mine in um like the the alpha test and find a ton of character files and character names and move sets and actually like like some of the designs and models uh, for some of these characters so they are all confirmed pretty much take everything with a grain of salt because it's all early development but there's some weird ones in here so i'm going to run through the list real quick okay please do joker Raven, Gizmo from Gremlins, <laughs> Marvin the Martian, which we talked about last week, LeBron James, Rick and Morty, both as separate characters, not to not together, Scooby Doo, Daenerys, the Hound, both of those are from Game of Thrones, the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz, fucking <laughs> what, <laughs> and Godzilla. Now these characters are all reported as mostly finished. A lot of the move sets are actually, you know, like basically they have test models. I think a lot of them, ironically, use Steven Universe as a test model for a lot of the move sets. So like, imagine S- Steven Universe doing like riding a broomstick and like shooting fire, like Godzilla and stuff like that. Uh, that's pretty much how all these are tested. All the moves are tested on Steven Universe for some reason. My God. Now. I I can't help but notice a distinct lack of classic Hanna-Barbera characters in this line. Oh, just wait. I've got more. Oh, oh never mind. More. I'll shut my mouth then. Uh, those are the ones that are mostly finished and probably coming within the first wave of uh, DLC slash whatever they're doing for microtransactions in this game. The second wave includes Samurai Jack. <laughs> okay. The Powerpuff Girls, all as one fighter. All the right. Animaniacs, all as, all as one fighter. Okay. Duck Dodgers slash Daffy from Looney Tunes. Gotta have it. Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Gotta have this is a bit This is a big one. Ben 10. Oh, hell yeah, right. brother. Let's and the do most it. bizarre Let's one. Let's get this guys, one. You guys ready for the most bizarre one? Is it Squidly Diddly? Ted Lasso. <laughs> Fucking. No. What? No. <laughs> yes. Ted Lasso. You're kidding me. From, it's like a, a soccer show. The coach from that. <laughs> 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 I can't even <laughs> No I'm not kidding you It's not allowed It's not just this one article Everywhere in the internet It's been like He's all over the internet That he's at this game <laughs> So yeah As I bleeped out last time Marvin the Martian Definitely gonna be one of my mains But now um, It sounds like I'm gonna have to go Ben 10 It's gonna have to be ben hero 10, time yeah. In terms of Hanna-Barbera There's also Johnny Bravo And Fled Flintstone Who are from the original leak Are probably gonna end up Being in the game as well okay. Yeah but Dabba right. What That's... the fuck <laughs> That's I, I there, guess, there is yeah. a distinct lack of Hanna-Barbera. I would like to see Yogi appear. You know, I, I completely forget that Scooby-Doo is Hanna-Barbera, so are Tom and Jerry. So yeah, we like, do have some, yeah. Yo, Wait, no, okay. Tom and Jerry aren't. What about, no, Tom and Jerry aren't. What about El Kabong? I was about to say, you got El Kabong, you got Hong Kong Fui, you got... Like, a lot of these slapstick uh, Hanna-Barbera characters would be perfect for this game. Uh, Space Ghost? Yo! Space Ghost would be sick. The, the, the Blue the, Falcon? Um, uh, Blue Falcon, ah, crap, the Three Stooges, I think they were, the, the, the superhero versions. Also just Three Stooges. Well, yeah, that's but I don't know. if the Three Robonic Stooges, that's the one. Ah. No, that's not what I was what thinking. What about the Dover Boys? Um, 
Yeah, you know what? Throw in the Dover Boys. Yeah, throw, you're already getting meme stuff like, uh, you're already getting us, like, Ultra Instinct Shaggy and Rick and Morty and apparently- Actually, Rick- you know what? Not the Dover Boys, Dan Backslide. Dan Backslide as like, oh, yes. The Impossibles, that's who I was thinking of. Ah, uh, okay. Okay, so, obviously- Banana uh- Splits? I think that's a little niche, honestly. And after the horror movie, I don't know if they want to draw attention to that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Obviously, you know, take everything that here at uh, Under the Bridge says, uh, you know, uh, with a grain of salt. This is all taken from a, the guy who leaked the game originally. All the multiverses stuff. All, all the other ver- stuff. Concrete. Yeah, everything else is concrete. Please hold us accountable. Uh, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the stuff from multiverses, obviously, it's all... A lot of that stuff is pretty much confirmed through data mining. Like, a lot of the... Oh, this isn't just one article. It's a lot of people online saying that they found these out. Take everything with a grain of salt. I guarantee you that we'll probably hear more about this as, you know, the game comes closer to coming out and we start seeing some season season reveals and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Just see how the characters play and whatnot. But Ted Lasso is a pull. Uh, <laughs> Half this game is a pull. This you game have made me very angry. This game is a Captain Planet. <laughs> is Captain Planet Warner Captain Brothers? Planet yes! is Warner Brothers. Yeah. Where is he in all that, this? Nowhere. Not not right now. At coming least. soon. Hopefully. hopefully, coming soon. He's busy fighting NFTs and their impact on the environment. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's actually a serious thing. Don't buy NFTs. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Captain Planet says so. Yeah, Captain. And he's Planet. a hero. He's gonna take pollution down to gonna... zero. <laughs> Moving on to games that came out this week instead of games that are coming out soon. We have SnowRunner coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S. Obviously, it's a game. It's like a trucking game where you run through. It's been out for a while. It's just getting an, a, an extra gen port. Uh, Silt is coming out on every console. It is a uh, indie game by Fireshine Studios. It's coming out on pretty much everything that's you know been announced. And it's it's a nice looking indie game. I'm I'm probably gonna take a look at it. Nice. Gives off some very creepy horror surrealism kind of under it's like an underwater puzzle game, so interesting enough. A uh, card shark coming out for Switch and PC. Uh another n- indie game. It's like a poker based game. Interesting to see how that plays. Diablo Immortal. You guys have phones, don't you? It's finally coming out June 2nd. Oh boy, never let them live that one down. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever gonna let them live that one down. They're kind of... Yeah, I don't know. They have a roadmap online for development, and, you know, it's... It's definitely a game, you know? Yeah. A game called Gigapocalypse is coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, inspired by... Punk metal anarchy and movie classics, where you play as a giant monster roaming through a city. It reminds me of that one Flash game from the late 2010s, where you play as the monster rampaging through the city. Right? Yeah, it seems very similar to that. I don't know. It looks pretty interesting. I I uh, I probably will get it when it goes on sale. That comes out June 2nd. Everything's coming out June 2nd. I believe that's Thursday. Is that right? Sounds right. Yeah. Uh, soldiers. Soul spelled S O U L. Uh, it's coming out on every console. Uh, it is from Retro Forge Studio. It's an action Metroidvania Souls-like game, so can't get enough of those. Right. So many taglines. What, astro- action Metroidvania Souls-like? Yeah. That's a descriptor. It is, I guess. Unexplored 2, The Wayfarer's Legacy by Big Sugar and L- Ludo Motion uh, is coming out on 
the XS, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I know absolutely nothing about this one. I'm not going to pretend to. I guess it's a roguelike RPG. Okay. Can't have uh, too too uh, too many of those, in my opinion. Going back to a little bit back in the past, uh, to some of the games that came out, you know, a couple of years ago, maybe longer. Here we go. We got uh, the biggest news: the retirement of Hiroshi Yamauchi, uh, one of the president. I think he was the first president of Nintendo. He retired back in Good for him. 2002, uh, 20 years ago. And that is when Iwata was, was uh, appointed president. So God, I miss Iwata. I miss Iwata. Beginning too. of an era. Beginning of a good era of Nintendo, quite honestly. Uh, Sega was founded 62 years ago this week. Happy birthday, yeah, Sega. Yeah, they were founded in 1960 by a whole bunch of, I believe it was a whole bunch of former World War II vets. Uh, basically, they they were known as service games. And they, they like fixed pinball machines, I believe. It was two. It was, okay, all yeah, right. Two Americans that founded that company back in the '60s, and then they sold it to uh to investors in Japan, turned it into Sega. So okay. We also had uh, Super Mario Brothers Two: The Lost Levels came out in Japan in 1986. Ah, uh, yes, the torturous one. The torturous one that that didn't get ported over until I believe Super Mario All Stars came out in the Super Nintendo. We had Dig Dug come out for the Japan in Japan for the Famicom in 1985. The Game Gear Micro came out two years ago, which no one's talking about. Nobody cares because it's, you know, who cares? <laughs> Mega Man 2 came out 33 years ago, and Altered Beast came out 34 years ago this week. Rise from your grave! Rise from your grave, yeah. Also, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that nobody likes came out as well. <laughs> which one that nobody likes? The terrible one from the Nintendo, the one that has ah. the sewer level. Great. Um, the Battletoads, game... got it. Well, Battletoads actually came out... No, Battletoads. Actually, Battletoads came out 31 years ago this week as well. So. Oh, I'm so good! <laughs> and the Game Boy Camera came out 24 years ago, which is notoriously uh, terrible. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. Hiroyuki Kimura was born back in 1965 this week. He is the designer of Super Mario Bros. 3, and pretty much worked on, I think, a lot of the Super Mario Bros. game, including New Super Mario Bros., New Super Mario Brothers 2, New Super Mario, Super Mario Advance, uh, Metroid uh, Return to or the Return of Samus, uh, Metroid 2, a lot of mm-hmm. lot of big games. He, oh yeah, he also was the uh, background designer for Super Metroid. All right. Oh neat. Yeah, he's done a lot of really interesting things. So uh, yeah, he's an executive now. He kind of just works in the background now. But he was born. So happy birthday, Mr. Kimura. Happy birthday. Uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 came out for the Game Boy Advance in 2001. That's a terrible Woo! port. Don't even, you know, it's it's terrible. It's absolutely god-awful. Cat Kingdom Hearts 358 and a half days came out in Japan in 2009. That's 13 years ago. I enjoyed that I one. feel the need to correct your pronunciation. It's Kingdom Hearts 358 days over 2. Thank you. I hate you. Don't worry, so do I. I play Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Two more. We got uh, Splatoon came out seven years ago for the Wii U. Yes! Splatoon yeah, is almost yeah. a decade old. That makes me feel very old. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Why'd you have to bring that up? And, ironically, Pac-Man Fever came out 40 years ago this week. The album that reached, uh, I think it was, it reached somewhere in the top ten of the Billboard when it came out in 1982. My God. Yeah, talk about... it random but uh i guess pac-man's kind of having their big anniversary fest this week with the release of pac-man arcade plus so uh i thought it was just fitting to end on that one with the uh with pac-man fever coming out 40 years ago so happy birthday to all those games 
all those games, events, people, you know, consoles, you know, everything that made gaming what it is today. So I guess moving on to... Uh, let's do Top Gun. Top Gun? Yeah. Oh boy. So uh, we're about to enter the danger zone so and they... talk about spoilers. Top Gun Maverick. Uh, let's cover non-spoilers first. See what we can say Understood. about it without spoiling it. I like this much more than I thought I was going to. So I originally came into this movie thinking that it was going to be the exact same movie as the first movie, and it was kind of for the first half of the movie. It was beat for beat kind of very similar to the original movie. I found myself getting outside of my cynicism and actually looking at the movie and having fun with it. Uh, at first, I didn't really like like the new team, but they kind of all grew on me, including Smugass, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, Glenn Powell and his incredibly punchable face as Hangman. Quite honestly, the most smug character I've ever seen on screen ever. I don't think I'll ever, anything will ever top that man's smile. He should be in The Hobbit, <laughs> The Desolation of Smug. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, that was a good one. Thank you, thank you. But I found myself really enjoying it, especially the second half, where I'm not going to go into it until we get to spoiler talk, but um, the second half actually was a huge payoff and a lot more of what I was expecting this movie to be, and uh, I'm actually really glad it went as far as it did. It is remarkably faithful to, like, what it is to be an aviator, <laughs> as, as close as you can get in a Hollywood movie, anyway. There there are some things here and there that are like, okay, that that's not how that works. And, oh, that's can't wait to see this one on CinemaSins. But, like, <laughs> as, as far as, like, all Hollywood movies go, not only is it enjoyable, but it's also remarkably accurate. There wasn't anything that made me stand out of my chair and go, wait a second, that's not how that works. Mm. I liked it. It was good. I only watched Top Gun for the first time Wednesday night, the first one. And up until mm -hmm. then, the only things I knew about Top Gun through cultural osmosis were Maverick and Goose, Negative Ghost Rider, Homoerotic Volleyball, and Danger Zone. <laughs> so I was, I, and when I finally watched it, I was not a huge fan. It just did not grab me. This one, on the other hand, I had a lot more fun with, and I don't know what it is. I feel like maybe it's the fact that it feels like there's more of an acknowledgement that yeah, no, Tom Cruise really should not have been getting away with all the shit he was getting away with, and he still gets away with plenty, obviously, because that's the appeal of Top Gun, but it feels like they're more aware of, oh yeah, no, this should not fly. Like Nick said, the first act was very... If I had any real problem with the movie, it's that it feels very Ghostbusters Afterlife in terms of being very reverent, borderline worshipping of the original, and I don't necessarily know if Top Gun deserves that kind of treatment? Well, Top Gun is a big movie. It's a big pivotal movie for the 80s. It was a huge, huge, huge box office hit. Fair. Uh, obviously, it was it was one of like the bigger Tom uh, Tom Cruise roles. That I don't know if it wasn't really a breakout role for him, but it definitely put him on the map. I guess it's mm -hmm. just a case of, for me, because I only just watched it for the first time on Wednesday, and I don't have that attachment, it came off as kind of silly. But I love that movie. It's the one of the gayest movies ever made. Uh, and I see that possible in way. the best possible way. It's like no jakes. Yes. My <laughs> biggest problem with the original Top Gun is that the movie should have just been about Maverick and Goose because their chemistry is the best. And honestly, giving him a female love interest felt completely unnecessary. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I mean as, as, as good as an actress as Jennifer Connelly is, like you can't top the. You just can't yeah, top that the, stash. The, 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 
you can't top the that chemistry stash. between Goose uh, Goose and Maverick is just there. As you know, just as bros, bros loving bros. You know, you didn't really need anything else. You know, it's just it, bros being bros. It's just bros being we, bros. We need more wholesome bromances in cinema. Yeah, that's probably one of the most wholesome ones. But uh, yo, has anybody else here seen I Love You, Man? No, no, it's on the list though. Yeah, you know what? Next round. Once we get through this next round of movie night, I'm putting it on the list. Okay. Fair. Let me know when that one rolls through. All right. I'll say that yeah no the movie definitely loves Top Gun it definitely likes the loves the original movie it likes to, it, there's a lot of member member moments as I like to say like hey remember that mm-hmm. scene hey remember that scene it was kind of annoying quite honestly because a lot of the scenes beat for beat in the beginning were kind of similar if not the same uh the bit the fact that they do a parallel of the bar scene yes with is just I was rolling my eyes so hard just. Thinking, when he started playing Great Balls of Fire, yeah. Ugh. No, not even that. I mean the fact that, uh, you know what, we'll save it for spoilers, I guess. Because it's it's not necessarily a big spoiler, but it is a detail that I don't think is in the trailers. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it later. I'll say that uh, the first half was just kind of, it wasn't insufferable. Like, th- I don't think this movie was necessarily needed. Did we need a continuation of Maverick's story four oh, years later? of course later? not. Not really. It it could have ended off how it did in the original. Did I regret going to see it? No. I thought I no, had a, yeah. it was very fun. and it, it was an unneeded sequel, but they did add something new to it that added, that brought something new to the table, at least. So. And I do appreciate the attempt to have as many practical effects as possible with this i agree with that and the fact that yes they brought a lot of actual pilots on they did a lot of actual stunts with f and mm-hmm. f-18s it made mm-hmm. everything feel a lot more realistic like what they're trying to go for so uh definitely that can definitely appreciate helped that. yeah do we have anything else general that isn't specific to the movie or should we go in uh well i mean a lot specific but we got to get to spoiler talk to get into it yeah that's what i meant yeah no not not especially all right so, spoilers, if you don't want to get spoiled on Top Gun, it's worth it to go see once, definitely, I think. But, moving on to spoiler talk in three, two, one. So, more specifically, what I mean is there's a thing of, oh, look, the new recruits make an ass out of themselves at the bar, and then it turns out the person they made an ass out of themselves in front of is actually the instructor. That had me rolling my eyes, because it's like, okay, it's it's not exactly the same, but the fact that they still put in one of these is just like, ha, you remember Top Gun? Mamber? Mamber? Yes, I do. I, I, I do. I mean, I just saw it Wednesday, but yeah, I, I remember. Did you like the uh, foreshadowing of, uh, of uh, Rooster throwing the darts, and then the third one he threw blind? Oh, that was good. I, I didn't, didn't even catch, catch that. that. Well done. Yeah, because yeah, towards the end of the movie when he shoots, he shoots blind. So I was like, oh, okay. That's that was really good foreshadowing. Yeah, good job. Speaking of unloaded Chekhov's gun, I'm really upset that they had Maverick pull a cobra early on in the movie, <laughs> setting up the fact that he can and will do those, and they did not give us him pulling a cobra to get the edge on a superior plane in the in the climax. Mm. I'm probably one of the only people upset about How that. How did but, you he know. live that initial test? I have no clue. Uh, very good pilot safety measures. That plane was breaking apart. Well, yeah. He should have been jello. Not necessarily. I don't know, but can we just talk for a second about the uh, Iceman return? Oh, uh, that was actually yes. very touching. I will be okay if that is Val Kilmer's last role. Uh, it actually might just be. I don't know if you guys know about what he's been diagnosed with. It's some kind of throat cancer, right? And that's why Iceman has it. He got throat cancer back in 2014, and it gave he actually lost the ability to speak completely. 
uh, like he can't speak anymore. That the speaking that you heard in the movie that was actually AI talking. Oh wow, that's yeah. Sad. Like he can't actually talk anymore. He he, uh, he had a tracheotomy, a complete tracheotomy, and it completely lost mm-hmm. his ability to. That's why he hasn't been acting apparently, which is really really sad to hear. That but the scene with him uh, and Maverick, uh, the one on one where he was you know giving him advice right before his death in the movie, it was very touching. And honestly, I got chills because it feels like bit. the end of an era. Because you know, I mean, Val Kilmer is not really in the healthiest shape. I mean, this really could truly could be his last role. And Tom Cruise is very adamant in the production of the movie. Like, Val Kilmer has to be in this movie. We have to get Iceman back or I'm not doing it. So he was the one that pushed for this, even though, like, you know, it was, it was going to be a, a struggle trying to get it to work in the, in the script. Uh, but they found a way to make it work in a really touching moment. And uh, I, I thought it was a really good send off for uh, Val Kilmer's career. So, like, it, I don't know. I, I, I That was one of my favorite parts of the movies because I didn't expect it to be as, as touching as it was. Mm. Yeah, also surprised. I because I did not buy Iceman and Maverick having any kind of real bond at all. In when I saw the first movie, I was just like, oh, okay, they're friends now, yeah, whatever. This one, though, I really got the impression that there's history there, and that Iceman really has been sticking his neck out for Maverick through all the shenanigans, and Maverick is genuinely appreciative of it, but Iceman doesn't do it just for the hell of it, he does it because he genuinely believes in Maverick, and this did a much better job communicating that relationship to me than the first Top Gun ever did. Well, you have to realize that in the first, Iceman was kind of like uh, Hangman, he was the... yeah. He was the cocky asshole. Um, right down to having a call sign that ends with man. Yeah, exactly. I, and, and and Hangman, in, in some ways, is pretty much a translation of the character, just to, a, in my opinion, a more extreme degree. But, like, Iceman, you know, even at the end of the movie, like, he, he, goes, up to, he goes up to Maverick and goes, Hey, man, you know, thank you. You know, congratulations, you know. Yep. Uh, and was genuine. Like, I think they, he just has a lot of respect for Maverick as a pilot, and he knows that he has the ability to get the job done. And, and uh, even though they may have had differences in the past, it's, it's more of like a mutual respect that kind of grew into a friendship. Uh, you know, when you respect mm-hmm. somebody enough, you know, you kind of you, you appreciate the person behind the, the actual job. So I, I think uh, I think that they, you know, they just became friends out of that, out of that mutual respect that they have for each other. So it, it was a good way of showing that. Yeah. Definitely. I think there were maybe too many characters in this one. There was. There was a bit too much of a montage trying to get characters. Like, a lot of the scenes were ended up being, oh, montage of teaching characters how to do this. Of, oh, let's see how this this squad reacts to this. You know, it's... To put the training class in tears, you got Rooster and Hangman. Then you got Phoenix, Bob, and Coyote. Then you got Fanboy and Payback. And then you got everybody else who there wasn't there was no need for any of those other trainees to even be in the movie. Mm-hmm. They basically nothing. Well, except for the fact to uh, justify a big test of everybody instead of hey, here's your mission, get the training. Mm. I feel like you could have done that with the size you had instead of adding another like four superfluous people who don't actually. Did they even get any lines? Probably Did not, they? but they would have to be there because I feel like if they weren't there. We w- people would have had the criticism of, oh, you have this super secret, mi- you have this super uh, elite level mission that you need like the best of the best of the best to do, and you're not going to have some pilots hanging back in case something goes wrong. Yeah, I guess it might be like confirmation bias in the better, whatever the whatever term is. I'm I'm thinking here, but I would rather have like what looks like a full unit ready to go instead of just hey, we picked like four guys and they're going to do the whole thing on their own because we don't need anybody else. Yeah. 
I guess I could see that. It doesn't change the fact that the majority of them are forgettable and, like, only serve to support, like, the big oh, five. Oh, yeah, you know who's not forgettable? The ham droid. That's what I was about to say. I was, I was trying to trying to throw in there that newcomer John Hamm does a very, 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 or at least to the franchise, uh, he does a really good job. I really enjoyed him in this movie as the, the straight arrow uh, sergeant. You know, I think he does a really yes. good job. John Hamm's one of my favorite actors of all time. I actually genuinely enjoy him in pretty much everything he's been in. He's all fantastic. the way back to, to Mad Men days. Like he's he's hamtastic. Yeah, he's he's very hamtastic, and he's, he has some chops on him. So he played. <laughs> no pun intended, but I am very happy I made that that that, that reference. But I, I genuinely enjoyed seeing him. And who is the uh, CEO or the assistant? What's his name? The, the guy who looked like Hannibal Burris, but I kept on thinking he's not Hannibal Burris. But he I know. Like him. Oh, I know his call sign um, is Warlock. Warlock, but... yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, well, I'll just call him by his call sign. Him and Warlock, how they, they the the difference between how they you know run the squad. I liked I liked that dynamic. Uh, I like that... this. A request to decrease the hard deck, sir. <laughs> that was that was a good scene. Fantastic. That was so good. Also, I like his reaction to the volleyball game where he's like, "Well, <laughs> he he didn't like instantly shut it down. He's just like, what the hell's happening here?'" <laughs> No, but I did, it did, that's why I gave the nickname Hamdroid, because it's just like, ah, what is this, this, this team building of yours, Maverick? What are these human emotions you seek to instill <laughs> in my, in my people? <laughs> does not compute compassion, Hamdroid does not compute. is not pleased. <laughs> uh, I don't know, I very much enjoyed all of the characters that got brought in for this new one. What do we think of them completely writing out Charlie and bringing in Jennifer Connelly as Penny? I think it's about as unconvincing as Cruz and Charlie. Yeah. I'm going to keep it real with you, Chief. I did not watch Top Gun recently, so I have no idea who you're talking about. His previous love interest. They re- they replaced her uh, entirely. Uh, I didn't notice. I really? To be fair, I thought it was the same girl. No. Yeah. That's the Admiral's daughter that they were talking about in the bar at the start of the first Top Gun. I guess this is the advantage of having only seen Top Gun recently. Those details tend to stick. Yeah. I don't know. Because I don't know, it just felt... I guess they needed to set up, oh, his life isn't completely fucked after Iceman is dead and there's nobody to defend him anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I thought that Jennifer Connelly had some okay chemistry with Maverick in this movie. It helps that there's no goose around to steal the show because, like, okay, you can't really have chemistry between Maverick and Rooster because that's <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> that's a little. <laughs> that's a. They got they got along together pretty well. Yeah. Oh my but god. That's a that... Steve Evans. That's a that's a Chris Evans, Emily Van Camp, Steve Rogers, Sharon Carter situation of oh, no no, don't do it. Uh, well, I mean, in the sense of, like, co-workers and, like, you know, I don't know. Mm. I feel like we're looking at the characters in two different ways. Fair enough. Also, you know you're hitting boomer age when, at the end of the movie, Jennifer Connelly is standing in front of that car, and all I can think is, that's a sick car. <laughs> it was a very nice car. <laughs> so, <laughs> can we get into the meat and potatoes of this movie, the second act? Yeah, sure. Yes, absolutely. So this movie, unlike the first movie, which it kind of felt like the, the second act of the first movie was like all of 10 minutes. This one had a lot more substance to it. It was a good half hour to 45 minutes of the actual movie was actually the the mission. And mm-hmm. I, I, I liked how uh, wild and crazy it was and uh, how 
I mean, the action, the stunts, everything was well done and well coordinated. All there, man. I, I thought it was an excellent, uh, excellent dog fighting uh, scene. I, I mean, I enjoyed all every second of it. The best thing I like about this is they never really tell you like they. Uh, it's the Russians, right? Nah, the first Top Gun didn't do it either. Yeah, like, they don't really a, tell you another, who it is. It's another weird quirk of this franchise that they go out of their way to avoid saying who the quote unquote enemy is, but. Because it would be really, I guess, right, I guess if it was written for the Russians with all the current conflicts going on, I would assume that they would uh, wipe that from the uh, script pretty quickly. Uh, But I think uh, it's just another send-up to the first Top Gun, where they didn't specify who the enemy was, and they just wanted to keep that going. Because again, this movie is hilariously putting the first one on a pedestal. (laughs) That being said, I enjoyed the dogfighting, the um, all the stunts, uh, and the uh, twist that they had with uh, Maverick. The fake out of him sacrificing himself for for Rooster, uh, only for Rooster to come back and save Maverick when he was found to not be dead. So you know, I honestly kind of think I would have liked it better if Maverick had died, but I'm not gonna fault the movie for it because they still handled it very well. Yeah, I fucking love when the helicopter was targeting him and, all, and like, Rooster shoots him down. Like, that was a really good scene. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I just feel like it maybe would have been a little more poignant if Maverick hadn't made it back, but oh well. It Like I said, it's not to the point where it's like, oh, this movie could have been so much better if. It's just, a, ah, I think that would have been slightly better, but it also would have messed with the feel-good intent that would have definitely made it feel more final right i mean i don't think they're making another top gun movie i think the two is it i don't think i think if making... they do make another top gun it's not going to be maverick it can't be maverick maverick will be in it as like an instructor or like a mentor figure but i think it is going to focus more on the new the new group which i would personally be all yeah for. same give us a bob movie top gun bob <laughs> please yes <laughs> Give me more Lewis Pullman. Give us more slightly unrealistic but believable Hollywood, uh, Hollywood aviation movies. You gotta, you gotta bomb this thing from orbit, and only one Wizzo, uh, Wizzo is good enough to do it, and his name is Bob. Also, you know one thing I do also appreciate about this movie, probably because so much of it was done with practical effects, as over the top as a lot of the action gets, none of it feels impossible. No. None of it feels like a deus ex machina busting out some unseen skill. It all feels within the realm of possibility in a non... It doesn't break my suspension of disbelief. I'm like, there's no way anybody could do that. And part of that's probably because I don't know shit about aviation, but it all feels at least very authentic. Right. It's all stuff that is unlikely to occur in real-world applications, but theoretically is not impossible. Mm. And yeah, also... Especially, like, the tail end where it comes down to, oh, it's not the plane, it's the pilot. And yeah, I do also agree with what you were saying, Nick. I think this movie is structured quite a bit better in that it doesn't feel... The first Top Gun to me felt like a very front-loaded first act. And then the second act barely matters, and then up until Goose dies. And then the third act is lessened because act two doesn't matter as much. But here, it's much better spaced out, so you get a better sense of what's actually at stake emotionally for Act 3. So that was quite nice. Right, the third act actually has more weight to it and more substance to it. It has more to offer than the original Top Gun. Because the original Top Gun, like you said, after after Goose dies, is pretty much, well, okay, that's the movie, that's the story, right? Yeah, it's like, alright, cut it, I guess? <laughs> oh, we're still going? I don't know, I'm generally just surprised I enjoyed it as much as I did. Same. I quite like what I got, 
for how cynical I was about this movie going into it, I uh, I definitely got my money's worth. So, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Should we oh, get ready sure. to move on? Move on, Obi Wan. Oh boy, might as well. All right. Spoilers all the way. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what? Spoilers all the Spoiler, way. Spoiler. There's there, nothing. There's, there's, there's not much to uncover here that isn't spoilers. Yeah. Okay. So I like this quite a bit more than I was expecting to as well. But instant minus points for the literal first four minutes being a clip show of the prequel trilogy. Actually, I thought that was needed to establish for those people who don't. They needed to do it because it's been a long time since these movies came out. Cody. No, no. See, I'm not opposed to a. I'm not opposed to a clip show recap. I'm opposed to it being four minutes long and including shit like Anakin's transformation into Vader. Bitch, there ain't nobody on Earth what don't fucking know Anakin is Vader. We ain't never need to see that shit again in a four-minute-long recap. Now, see, here's my problem with that. It's the same thing I was talking about before. If they didn't include it, people would complain. And you can skip people it, People would Cody. say, why isn't this here? Why Why isn't this here? This is such an iconic moment. How could you skip the super iconic moment? Because, A, it's not actually part of the show— and B, because... As far as we know, we're two episodes well, yeah, in. but then you don't need to include it in the recap if you're going to put it in the show proper, especially not when the big emotional beat of episode two is Reva revealing that Anakin is Vader. That would hit better for somebody who doesn't already know if you hadn't fucking shown it. I think it was a perfect way to punctuate the opening, what's the word, recap, especially because there are people who don't Star Wars, and they might know who Darth Vader is, but they might not understand exactly what it means. Keep in mind that you can skip this this recap. It's not like it's forced on you. You can you can push the button to skip it, like, instantly. Like, they, they do give you a skip recap no, button No, I acknowledge right that. I just don't think there was any reason it needed to be four minutes long, and also, that's just part of my ongoing vendetta of Disney Plus shows, where I'm sick of them calling them six hours long, when, even if you ignore the fact that the credits are fucking seven minutes long, they're still not six hours long. So I'm just, I'm sick of it, and everything that feels like padding that isn't the actual content, just fuels that. I just, I, I don't know. Like, keep in mind, like, keeping in mind that Episode 3 came out, like, what, 2005, 2006? I, I, I don't see a problem with them adding a recap. I didn't have any, I didn't think it was offensive at all to me. There are some people who did not see that movie since it came out in 2005 or 2006. Yeah, no, like I said, it's not the recap. It's it's the four-minute-long recap. If it wasn't for Backstroke of the West, I wouldn't. There's a lot to cover. I feel like I, I I didn't see anything in that recap that didn't feel necessary to Obi Wan's story. Or Anakin's story. You got to bear in mind there's there's seven hours of footage there pertaining to Obi Wan in the prequels, and also part of I think there was some stuff from uh, New Hope in there. Not really. No, no. There, New should, Hope, there should New, there shouldn't have been because that comes be. after. Yeah, this is a prequel to that. Yeah, but there there's a lot to go over in that seven hours to give you just the spark notes of what goes on there. Mm. I don't necessarily agree, but I also don't think I'm going to make any headway on this, and I don't think you guys are going to convince me otherwise, so... Well, I'm just saying, we're two episodes in here. For all we know, there might be something that comes up in episode five or six that's relevant to something that we thought was extraneous here in the opening. Hmm. That being said, the actual opener, uh, where they show the other perspective of Order 66, I quite liked. I was one of those kids, right? Reva's probably one of those so. kids. Really? I don't think so. Considering um, how thorough the clone troopers were in other depictions of Order 66, as well as the fact of Anakin was there, 
um, or sorry, Vader was there. I do not see any child escaping the temple. I I don't. If it, if if it turns out that's the case, okay, I'll get. I maybe maybe Anakin was impressed that someone was able to stay that long. But then why would Grand Inquisitor be calling her some kind of weakling? I think she was found afterwards, post Order sixty six, as like a as like a a youngling or something in an orphanage that manifested force powers and. I don't know. That's that's probably where that came from, in my opinion. Mm. We'll probably see some more of Riva's backstory as the as the show oh, goes absolutely. on. They'll probably show some more about where, where they found her and what what how she's important. Yeah, uh, I just feel like it's law of conservation of detail. There isn't much reason to have that opening scene in there when it doesn't have anything to do with Obi Wan's point of view if it's not going to somehow factor back into the show. And the most obvious way I can think of is that Reva is one of those kids who was in that massacre who we never actually saw die. Especially because it feels like as this new extended universe continues to expand, it feels like we're just getting more and more. Actually, this Jedi also survived, so yeah. Can I be frank for a minute? Yeah. I, I freaking absolutely hate Reva as a character. She's annoying. She comes off as just a white kid. Thank you. I can't Thank stand her. You. Every time she's on screen, I'm like, what the hell? Like I don't have I don't care about you. I do not care about you. You're just whiny, annoying, and you take up too much screen time. You are so desperate to prove yourself to people that could not care less whether you can prove yourself or not. Just sit there like, and do your gosh dang job. Oh, I hate her ever loving guts, but yeah. I also think that works because I don't know. I feel you gotta like... have a character to hate. But I don't hate her because she's a good character. I hate her because she's annoying and poorly written. I don't think it's poorly written. I think that's 100% intentional. Yeah. She's a fucking Sith Lord tryhard. She's yeah. literally Kylo Ren. No, it is. Without being Vader's that, That's her kid. character arc. Is she is solely focused on finding this guy because she wants to endear herself to presumably Darth Vader and, uh, and increase her standing among the Inquisitorious. I want to say that probably Vader finds her. Oh, I, I cannot wait for her to eventually meet Vader's lightsaber because of her insubordination. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. How does she know he's Anakin? Yeah, that's what I didn't know. Probably by studying Jedi archives and shit like that. It's it it's not exactly hard to figure out, I don't think, if you have access to the information. Um, I thought it was stupid The thing stupid is, the information is very hidden under lock and key. Um, it's also possible, given the fact that she could feel... Obi-Wan's fear and trepidation and all that shit just from 30 meters away using whatever mind Sith force powers they want to start giving every dark side user nowadays. Yeah. You got to consider how much anger Vader has for Obi-Wan at the mere mention of his name, potentially. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. entirely possible that she got some like, I don't know, uh, psychic voodoo field. Oh, okay. This guy has a, a, she might not know that. Oh, wait, no, she did say Anakin Skywalker. So yeah, I don't know. Yep. Who knows? Maybe the Emperor told her, because it's well known that the Emperor... This is true. ...is stirring up shit just to keep Vader on edge. So, I could very well see him just telling one random Inquisitor, yeah, this is Anakin Skywalker, do with that info whatever you will, but maybe <laughs> don't tell Vader. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 it's one of those things where there's a number of ways it can happen. And as much as we can sit here in theorycraft, I have no doubt that the show will tell us how she found out eventually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have hope that it's a way that makes sense. Same. But yeah, no, I think Reva being annoying as fuck is 100% intentional. And honestly, I 
I don't want to say, I'm not going to call it a point in the show's favor, but I am going to say it's definitely not a point against it, because not every villain needs to be some charismatic, uh, you know, you're an asshole, but god, you're so fun to watch. Sometimes you just want some asshole who you really want to just see fucking die at the end. So, uh, US agent. Uh, I'm feeling some parallels there, personally. Wanda? <laughs> Can't speak, haven't seen least. the new movie yet. Uh, oh, I was just talking WandaVision. Oh, true and fair. Yeah, no, this is... Th- this is. Oh, can I just say how happy I am that not all of this is set on Tatooine? Yes. Not only is not all of it on Tatooine, but also it looks like a good portion of it is going to occur on planets that we have not seen before. Yes, that's Like awesome. Alderaan. Yeah, the... Alderaan we have never really seen nice. Alderaan before. We have. We, we it, have once. It, it, once we have end of episode three, they show off. They, they show it off, like when uh, that's right. When Bale and, like the one, yes, that the one, one scene. Yes, okay. That's the the only actual landscape shot that we ever saw of, of Alderaan. But this show obviously yeah. gives us more than just a screenshot. It gives us more. It's building Alderaan as a planet, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I I guarantee you that this is going to lead up to a scene where Bale go Bale goes at the end of the show to uh, to Leia like. Hey, you know, if you ever if we ever come to a point where you need him, Obi Wan is our last hope. You know, make sure you reach out yep. to Obi Wan Kenobi, and that's gonna be why she, you know, she reaches out to him in the message for Episode Four. Can I also say every time they talk about how much she's gonna do for her people, I'm just sitting there going, "Hate to tell you, buddy, but let me show you Episode Four. One day, Leia, everyone will look up to you." In horror on the deck of the Death Star right before it blows everybody the fuck up. Everything the light touches is our kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> the light will touch it one final time. Can I just say that uh, I absolutely loved Bale being a great dad. He's so good at it. <laughs> I love he Bale. He is fantastic. Uh, more Bale Organa is what I needed in life. Like, uh, he, He's great. He's such a, like a... He's like a silly dad. I love him. I want to tie back into something we were talking about earlier about um, going away from the Skywalkers and their shenanigans while exploring uh, the galaxy at at large or in a a larger sense. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan feels like it might be doing both because it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of the most integral uh, characters to the main plot of the Skywalker saga. And yet here he is going to places that nobody has seen in any significant manner um previously in the star wars saga we have the new place of Dayu, which is yet another uh slum planet we have uh, like an Arcana, it looks right? so cool it's like a cyberpunk star wars land i like it, it. Looks it so i like it a lot it's like, like an Arcana, tokyo-ish right? yeah no like and i wouldn't be surprised I, if one of the huts ran over it Probably. Uh, there's definitely some kind of crime signal. Actually, uh, considering uh, the spice uh, the spice and glitter stem running, it'd probably be more honestly, funnily enough, during this, if this takes place when I think it does. Maul? Maul's crime syndicate should be oh. pretty, pretty, pretty big right now. <laughs> but yeah, I don't see why we can't take the characters we know and love and use them to explore parts of the galaxy. Uh, uh, like, Steering clear of like the the big named characters. I'm I'm tired of Luke. I'm tired of Han. I'm tired of Leia. In in the in the time periods where we know them, this yeah. in 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 the the current Disney canon, the 
empire's forming era or the, the the this era that the show takes place in where rebels and solo and rogue one are all taking place like there's so there's so many things that are happening that we don't know about and i would like to see those things explored uh a little bit more before we branch out into the great unknown and create new things personally i also really like that it even though it is still kind of focusing on, well, it is still focusing on things from that, or characters at least from that saga, mm-hmm. it flipped my expectations totally on its head because I was expecting, okay, he's Luke. on Tatooine, he's looking after Luke, Luke's probably going to get into trouble and Obi-Wan's going to save him nope. without him knowing. Right. Nope. Mostly off, pl- he's going off Tatooine to save Leia. It's like, oh, yep. yeah, uh, okay. That was, that was a big pit pull for me. I was, I was expecting the same thing based on the trailers and what I saw in the trailers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure we will get some Luke and Ben, you know, Ben Kenobi interactions at some point because, you know, Luke knows Ben Kenobi by name. Like, he knows, like, oh, yeah, oh, it's old Ben, you know, I, like, he knows him. Well, so, like, o- he might old just ben... know him because of Owen talking about him. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh. Uh, old uh, old Ben was, like, uh, almost like a, like a public figure, kind of, kind of like... Like um... a folk hero, yeah. Exactly, Let's yeah, he's not, he, he, he's never crazy old met him. down the way. Yeah, he's never met him before episode four, so clearly there's some fine lines to toe there. Um, it's but... like Mr. Nebertracker from Monster House. You stay off his lawn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate how this is going in a direction that I did not expect or foresee or even know I wanted until we got it, Yeah, personally. I'm excited to see where the show wants to take us. I actually kind of think that the little girl uh, playing Leia, she's growing on me a little bit. Uh, at first, I was like, eh, yeah, whatever. But then, like, the scenes where she was, like, shit-talking the other guy who was trying to bully her, and mm-hmm. her playing with, like, like, like she's, she definitely has that that that. How old are you? <laughs> yeah, that was a good scene. Like, <laughs> like you, got, you got to remember how much of a sassy bitch Leia was in the original trilogy. And then right. remember how terrible children can be and mix right. them together. And is it any wonder that this child is frustrating to anyone who doesn't absolutely love children? I wonder how much of Leia's perceptiveness is for, is based on her force potential. Oh, God, I hope not. I, I really wanted her to just be a smart child, personally. Oh, no, I don't think she's going to go. I don't think. It's necessarily even going to come up as an explicit thing, but I wonder if that's related to how she manages well, to be that perceptive about people. I think it's because of Bale's Bale's up teaching, like how the way that fair. Bale taught him. Like you know, it, Bale seems to seems to uh, uh, encourage all of this from from Leia, like it, like yeah. encourage the perceptiveness, encourage teach all of this. Like you need to know what's coming in and out of this uh, of our lands. You're going to be a leader one day. Kind of playing the Simba, so, 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 the the uh, Mufasa role. If there is one thing that Star Wars does not need, it's oh hey, this skill this person has. It's totally because of the Force, y'all. Fair. Don't even worry about it. I don't think Fair. it's that. I think it's just her personality. I mean, you know, no, think about who her mother is. It's Padme, right. you know? So, like... Yeah, that Padme makes sense. being one of the most perceptive characters from, like, one of the most perceptive senators in the entire galaxy. Mm-hmm. At the time. Mm-hmm. She was, like, like she was a natural-born leader, so, I mean, it's it's not surprising that, you know, Leia would pick up some of those qualities from her mother. And I, I appreciate the, the moment where Obi-Wan has to just sit back and remember, oh, right, no, that's not Padme. Padme is dead. This is, this is someone right. else. Yeah. Right, but I good. also like focus. I also like the reminder that yeah, they were also friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Padme, yeah, they were. Padme was not just Anakin's wife; she was also friends with Obi Wan. 
And a yeah. damn good senator. <laughs> and a damn good senator. And speaking of, speaking of people who don't get enough love, we've gone through this whole thing and barely said anything about the man himself. Obi? Yeah, I... he's great in this. Yeah, he is yes, really good in this. Is. It's just another Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan, except this time he's just playing the beaten, defeated old man that we never got to see and I always assumed existed post-Order 66. Because, like, imagine going your entire life living a certain way only to have it all just, like, yank literally overnight. Yeah. I like, just lo- what do you so- have? He's so beaten down. He's so cynical about everything. He says he's staying hidden out of a duty for Luke, but you can tell if Bale spells out, even he doesn't believe it, because, like, what would that duty even be? You said it yourself. The fight's over. So what's your duty? You're and just like, doing this because you, cause you've given up. He's obviously haunted still from, like, the Anakin. Like, he didn't, like, that, that, that experience truly has left a mark on him and haunted him. I thought it was very cathartic, like, you know, when he saw the clone trooper. like the, the That one, was so uh, good. And that was a 501st clone trooper, too. That was, that was Anakin's, Anakin's division. Legion, right? Was yeah. it? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, he was a 501st. Oh, wow. That's, that makes it even which, sadder. Yeah, which really makes you wonder what the others are up to. Because we, we know, we know Re- uh, right now Rex is running around, picking up clones here and there. He picked mm. up a few around the time of Rebels. But also, the clones are getting old. Yeah. Like... They they age quickly. So, like, he's... I don't know. There was a thought there, but it's gone. I'm sorry. No, it's it's definitely a question worth wondering. And honestly, it also raises the question of, did that guy recognize Obi-Wan, or is he just <laughs> too gone? Probably not. Because no. you gotta remember, the Jedi are dead. In the public eye, they're dead. And the yep. ones that are the ones that are still hanging around they're probably not that it's it's the thing that's like you look you 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 think you recognize somebody and you go hey is that are you the guy yeah and they just say nah man that ain't me like are you are you gonna push it like yeah he looks like general freaking kenobi even if you even if he did have uh, enough association with kenobi being part of uh basically his brother platoon he's dead he died yeah you think Vader wouldn't go after some of the most powerful Jedi personally? And, like, I don't know. And I like how Episode 2 in particular dives into, yeah, Obi-Wan is beaten down and doesn't really know what to do with himself, but he's still Obi-Wan. Because right. you get you get him giving those credits to that clone trooper who he yep. has every reason to just stay right the fuck away from. Because that that's gotta be traumatic as hell. And you get, yeah. when he meets Kumail Nanjiani's quote-unquote Jedi, what was it, Haja Estri, who is so oh, good, who is so good. He is good. fantastic. I he hope sees, he becomes a recurring character. In he things. not only sees right through it, but you can tell that as much as he says the Jedi are gone and forget about it, he still has enough attachment where the indignation is there and of, of how dare you present yourself <laughs> as a Jedi with all this fucking fakery. But... He's so, but Kumail Nanjiani is so good at this. Just, this is a Jedi mind trick. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of, I, I don't know why he was in this. It was just kind of a dumb throwaway, but like, that's just my opinion. I, I hope he's not a throwaway. I think he's in it to show that there are people outside of the Jedi who still believe in the Jedi. Because up until now, we haven't really gotten much indication of that from this show. It's, or it was that anything. one, yeah. yeah, it was pretty much that one guy who was also a Jedi saying, we need to get back in there, we need to get in the fight. 
and to have not just a civilian, but some two-bit con artist, essentially, still express belief in the Jedi and show regret for some of the things they've done. I think that hit hard, and I think that worked pretty well. I will say, I appreciate how much effort it looks like it took Obi-Wan to reach out and use the Force. Yeah, like this it's is an obvious yeah. he is so out of, out of practice. When he hit, when he goes to try and grab the Zabrak and he hurts his whore, and he hurts his hand, just ah. Oh, not it's not just, even that. I meant I meant uh, saving Leia from falling. Oh yeah, that too. But I just like I meant in general how it's clear he is out of the game. Also, yeah. it's episode two, and we have Obi Wan getting kicked in the face again. He is the <laughs> most kicked Star Wars character. I swear to God. You know what this. <laughs> This goes a long way towards helping me reconcile the the fights in Episode Three with the fight at the st- in Episode Four between Obi Wan and Vader, because mm-hmm. it's always been very jarring for me to go from that absolutely amazing fight on Mustafar to them just tapping their lightsabers against each other. But this is a pretty good indicator of why that is, which is that Obi Wan's out of practice. And Vader is probably just humoring him. And or maybe he thinks Obi-Wan is trying to faint or something. Like, it's, yeah. a, it's a bluff. And he's for trying to fight cautiously and doesn't realize just how out of it Obi-Wan is. I expect there, there there's going to be a rematch. We all know that, right? Probably. I, I don't know. I need to I need to rewatch episode four because I, I want to say that Vader's words to Obi-Wan were, Last we met, I was the student, now I have become the master. Which would very much imply that episode three was their last meeting. Well, mm. it can also imply that he was still a student of the dark side, and now he has become a master of the dark side. The, the, the problem with Sith philosophy is that you are always the student until you become the master by killing your until master. Until you kill your master. By the yeah. rule of two. You are always the student until you take that title. I don't know, Vader's Which, arrogant on the one for... hand, that is very much within Vader's arrogance to say, ah, yes, I am totally the master now. I'm on top but... of this. I have a plan. I'm going to kill Palpatine any day now. You'll see. It's a, it's a, it's on my yeah. calendar. It's on my day planner. <laughs> don't get me wrong. If, if there is the, the Obi-Wan-Vader lightsaber duel we all know we wanted, I'm not going to I'm not gonna say no to that by all means. But, like, if we don't get it, I will understand in favor of as long as it's like, you know— Throw in the, the Grand Inquisitor. He'll be back. We know he'll be back. But like I because Rebels. Yeah. But it's a, it's just a question of whether he'll be back in this show or not. Right. He is a very skilled duelist. And I could absolutely see him fighting for Vader by proxy in some kind of great finale choreography. Yeah. Because we know it won't be Reva. Yeah. I don't think she's lasting until the end of this series. No. At the very least, it, she is or, not the final. She boss, is not lasting until the final fight. Yeah. Right. She is not the final boss, exactly. Which, speaking of her, one, one at least, I think there's just one other thing that I really want to bring attention to: the stones on Owen. Yes, uh, the Owen Ooh. scene was really good too. I absolutely love that scene. I also like the scene prior to it where Owen's kind of like, "Hey, stay away from like, stay away from our family," you know, like let's just look what happened with Anakin. Yeah, yes. no, like you trained his father is just one of the most, it's it's a that fucking shit. roast master. Yeah, like, the Owen scene was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. I enjoyed seeing, uh, uh, let's get more of Owen, please. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know where this man gets the testicular fortitude to mouth off to an inquisitor like that, but, or not even a mouth off, just to 
not hold your ground and not like immediately uh, bow. And not fold and say, oh, yeah, that Jedi that I hate, he's right there. Yeah. No, absolutely. That was that was a phenomenal sequence. We got the Virgin Obi-Wan versus the Chad Owen. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, just because we know Obi-Wan's going to survive this, Owen's got to survive this, Leia's got to survive this, there's so many different ways that things can actually have consequences. And it's one of those things where just because you know they have plot armor doesn't mean you know how this is going to play out. Right. And that was a genuinely – like even for someone – I have a problem uh, with ignoring plot armor at times. But like you legitimately can't tell which way this is going to go here. And yeah. I appreciated that. It's like, the, it's like the reverse Black Widow problem where – with Black Widow I had a lot of issues with – her going through shit that should have, if not killed her, then at least crippled her, because yes. it's the kind of shit where, okay, yeah, Captain America or Iron Man will go through it and you won't bat an eye, but that's because one is a super soldier and one's got a suit of armor. You, yeah. I don't even think your suit's fucking padded and you're falling ten stories and I'm supposed <laughs> to believe that you're fine? Nah. Mm-hmm. It's plot mm-hmm. armor, baby. So I get what you mean, but this thick that armor. scene really did, it's like, I, I was like, I know he I know he lives, but, but fuck, what, fuck, fuck, what? Yeah, yeah, no, this, 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 this is, it's what, when, when, when I heard there was an Obi-Wan show being made, my first thought was, okay, but why? Yes, Ewan McGregor was a fantastic Obi-Wan, yes, I would like to see more, but, like, what story do we have to tell here, aside from, oh, he watched Luke in a desert? And I, I can, I am very happy to announce that I am excited for where Obi Wan wants to take us next. Oh, oh! so cute observation. Uh, this might be part of why Leia and Han named their son Ben. Probably, yeah. By the way, fun the little way. thing, right? Fun little thing right here that I just learned a second ago. Yeah. What's uh, up? Ewan, McDo- Ewan McGregor's daughter is actually in this, this episode, in, in this, in the uh, second episode. Oh. Uh, the, the 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 runner that gives him the spice, the pink hair girl. That's his daughter. Oh, oh that's super yeah. sweet. That's considering the whole conversation is him yeah. looking for his daughter. It's like, I was once a daughter. Yeah. Oh, that's actually really nice. Oh, that's 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 nice. Just a cute little cameo role. It's also a little fucked up considering the context, but it's mostly sweet. But it's it's a nice little cameo. Uh, yeah. It, it's not like it was a major role or anything. It was just a cute little cameo. So. I mean, we don't know. That Spice Runner might be a well, recurring character. You know what? Good point. Who Shit, knows? that might be the next great crime lord. You know what? Good point. Also, those kidnappers sucked. Uh, yeah, kinda. Like, them chasing Leia through the woods and being outrun by a ten-year-old is just... To be fair, have you seen ten-year-olds run? <laughs> to be fair... It's a 10-year-old running, A, in her natural habitat, B, with the home field advantage, C, they might have just been dicking around with her. Because, like, there's seven of them there. She's not getting away. Have a little fun with your job, maybe. I don't I know, guess. man. There, there, there's, there's, there's some explanation. There's some ways to plausible deniability, that one. Yeah, I guess. It was just kind of embarrassing to watch when they were still running on the dirt paths and she is keeping ahead of them and it's clear it's just because one of them's going like fucking two miles an hour. It, it's not It's not like Home Alone. Yeah. Keep in mind she's ten and she has more energy than them. Like if you've ever seen a ten-year-old run or run around right. like they're... But they've also got like twice or three times her stride. You know what? Good point. 
if I'm somebody who theoretically an Inquisitor is going to trust to kidnap a 10-year-old, I should be able to <laughs> physically outpace a 10-year-old. <laughs> I'm just li- saying, if my, my life depended on catching a 10-year-old, I would catch that 10-year-old. Yeah! Well, this is a conversation. <laughs> this is certainly a conversation. It is. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should start wrapping things up, because this is running very long. <laughs> yeah, we're... I guess, uh, unless anybody has anything else they really want to bring up about Obi-Wan. No, not particularly. I should have been taking notes. I'll be taking notes from now on. Cool, I cool. will too. In that case, thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe if you haven't already. Spread it around. Follow us on Spoofy and or Spotify. If you disagree with anything we said, please feel free to write a, an essay in the comments and we'll be sure to respond. Also, yeah. you know, feel free to like give us suggestions on topics to talk about uh, for our editorials. Absolutely. Whenever we, we don't have series to want to talk about. But... Whenever we go back to doing that. I mean, if we ever do, but you know, who knows? Maybe we'll do a fan editorial thing for like specials. I don't know. I'm not yeah. going to put anything concrete. Who knows? Maybe we'll spin it off. I will. Next thing. week, we're reviewing Jabba's Game Galaxy. Well, you're fired. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you so much for joining Chase. It is appreciated. Yep, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I am uh, Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. I'm Nick, a.k.a. Well, the Asian Duckman. And I'm here. I'm Chase. Hi. <laughs> and this has been another great episode. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one, I guess. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, next week, Interceptor, I guess? What the hell is Interceptor? Some kind of action film. It's it's a kind of Netflix. plane that's normally used for speed and superiority to get ahead of bombers. Usually, we'll see. We'll make it up on the day. <laughs> it's an Australian American action movie. Okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I might say that. Okay, well, we'll talk about it later. Yep. Good night, everybody. Good night, people. Bye. <laughs>